Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Heart Grapevine episode number 27. I am Magic Mike, and and this is, like I said, this is the Grapevine, Heart Grapevine, on Totally Driven Entertainment Radio. Get driven, stay driven. Tonight, we have a great guest. You're going to love him, everybody. I first seen this guy in big-time wrestling, September the 10th, 2016, Long Island. His name is Earl Cooter. But before we bring him in, let me bring you Canada's coldest athlete, the man, the myth, the legend, Smith Hart. Hey. Smith, are you? Are you are you ready? You are you are you are you taking over from Iron Mike Sharp, but you are Canada's coldest athlete. How cold is it over there, buddy? It's a minus twenty two as I speak, and it's been hovering between about minus twenty and minus forty for the last ten days or more, and it's not going to be. They're predicting it right up till the next weekend. You know, the best uh, we might get is minus ten. <sighs> Well, let's hope uh, for the best. But you, I was going to say, but you know what? It's cold in Canada, but it's hot right now. If you're if you're with us on Totally Driven Entertainment Network, I mean, Smith, you're here, my friend, for a great ride. You joined us in in April. Um, how do you like it? Uh, you, you know, with uh, being on Totally Driven Radio Network. It's the it's the shits. I hate it, but. Uh... Mostly because I'm sort of in a in a death mode. I'm I'm I have more bad days than good days. When I have a bad oh, day, wow. it's 24 hours of excruciating, uh, yeah, indescribable pain that 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 uh, incapacitates you pretty much beyond rolling yeah. over in bed or taking a step. It's, oh. it's a chore to do well, that. And uh, yeah. well, I'm sorry, other, I didn't mean I didn't mean to laugh. Well, I, yeah, know, I didn't mean week. to laugh. I, no, but oh, actually, I'm just kidding. I'm pulling your leg uh, like you like to pull mine. Oh, I owed you one. But uh, you know, you you, you uh, me one. You got out when uh, we're at when somebody cancels or uh, you can't. I go. I know a lot of people, but I don't bother them. They're all on Facebook and this and that. I don't play that game. I want you. I'll talk to you on the phone and 
that's about it. I answer my phone and I make calls with it and not for any other use on it. I have no use taking pictures or texting or twittering gotcha. or tweeting or I was gonna say I want everybody to 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 know about, you know, Totally Driven Radio Entertainment Network. And I wanted to no, tell I, everybody I, to go to sorry, I want everybody to go to totally driven TV dot com and you know, check us out. I mean, your your show's doing great. You have great guests. You know, and uh, I just, before we bring on our guest, I just want to let everybody know that we are on iTunes, we are on Spreaker, Stitcher, and of course, you're listening to Blog Talk Radio live. So now now you can answer the question. Bay Ragney set this whole thing up, and thanks to Bay, you know, this is giving you a reason to live, right? True enough, uh, you know, and... Uh... Without, uh, you know, I'll uh, praise you, but I'm not going to worship you, Mike. Maybe Bay, uh, but uh, see, familiarity breeds contempt. And, uh, maybe we're too familiar. You, I know all about you now. So, but anyway, yeah, yeah, it's a great. Maybe uh, you know. Maybe enjoy, you know too. Enjoy... Uh, maybe first of all, you should be worshiping me because I'm Magic Mike. I am, you know. So you should worship me. Why not? You know what? Worship me. I don't care. I worship you. I think you're a great guy, and I think, and I think this uh, working relationship between us is good. And I thank Bay All Ragney right. for asking it's me almost, uh, to put Hanukkah, this thing I'll together. I worship you, Mike, but I'm not gonna adore you. Just worship, and that's it. <laughs> All right. Enough of this. Enough of this lo- love fest. Okay. No more love fest. Love hate, yeah. We have a great. We have a great show for you tonight. We have Mr. Earl Cooter on the line, and then. We have my friend coming up, of course, from uh, pro wrestling uh, magic, uh, pro wrestling magic, yes, um, Mr. Steve Hall. So, without further ado, let's bring on the man, Earl Cooter. Well, Earl, welcome to the Heart Grape Vine. Hey, how you welcome, doing? Earl. I just want to say, uh, you know, it's great uh, for you guys to have me on. Uh, you got a great respect for the Hart family, and. Uh, you know, it's an honor that you guys gave me a call, so I just want to get that out of the way. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's a, you know, it's so funny because um, Smith was telling me about a show that he's seen up in Canada. And, you know, we got the champion, his name is Scott Justice, and we, we had him, you know, we had him on. And then I said, you know, Smith, we got to get this guy. I went to a show. And, you know, every time I go to a wrestling show, Earl, I, I look for the standout guy, the guy, the heel. And, I, you know, and, you know, me being in, you know, me being a part of this business and in this business, that's how I am. So I went and I said, you know, I, I seen Sting that night. This was in Long Island. I seen right. Duggan. I seen, I seen every, you know, every wrestling match I watched, you know, and then, your match, man, was great, but the heel, the healness, it just showed, man. Oh, I, I appreciate that. Thanks for noticing. Uh, you named a bunch of legends there. I don't know if I'm quite on that level, but, hey, who knows? I'm working on it. But, like I said, man, thanks for, uh, you know, for noticing that I'm, I'm out there doing my thing, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're a fan of it. Yeah, definitely. Um you know, uh, well, I've seen you at big time 
wrestling, but you and I spoke on Facebook and you mentioned that you you mentioned that you teach and also you mentioned um FTW which I'm familiar with them. Uh you right, know what right. I wanted to know the first question I'm gonna ask you is how did you get started? That's what I'll ask. Uh, that's how I'll ask that. Okay. Um well first let me say I'm actually on my way right now. I'm out in the Tampa area. I was heading over to uh to teach class so that's going to start a little late tonight because I'm doing this interview, but that's over at the WWN uh, Academy, which uh, I'm a trainer at, and uh, that's one of the schools. And also, uh, I have uh, a few other schools I run up in the New York area, which is obviously a long ways away from Florida, but there's three FTW wrestling academies uh, with some various trainers uh, mixed in there along with myself when I'm in town. Um, but my primary gig these days is running the WWN Academy. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, that's pretty much how I got into wrestling. I, I found I found a local gym, and, I mean, this is a long time ago. <laughs> talking like, I mean, it's not a long time ago, but it's, you know, years ago. Talking the, probably 1999, I, uh, I found a, a local uh, a gym. It was called the Dog House, which is in Queens, New York. Oh. And, uh, Very familiar yeah, with that. It being, right, being that, being from that area, you probably heard about it. But it was uh, yep. it was a no frills, very rough, <laughs> very uh, very, very oh, yeah. general place. And uh, you know, mm-hmm. if I could if I could best describe it, I would say, you know, if I learned whatever you could say, I learned there. Uh, it, was, it all culminated in just being tough. I learned to be tough there. You know, it was very. It was, very mm-hmm. not welcoming, and and I think it was a realistic environment as to what you face <laughs> throughout the years in your career. So I mean that's where I started. But, yeah, uh, there's a I, certain uh, amount of uh, pride that goes along with toughness. You know, confidence, pride, toughness, and uh, your own uh, self-respect. Kind of where you you look good. You you, um, you know you train hard. You can you know you. Uh, treat your body like your shrine with your diet and your activities. And uh, the more of you on a roster that do that, you know, you might want to have the odd slob or freak, but basically uh, everybody should be, that's what you do on your own to make you look well. If you get, go to a tan booth or you get real sun on your body and uh, condition yourself, you know, it's not always easy on road trips and stuff. And sometimes guys justify that they can't afford to do it. But we always had the dungeon for anybody who wanted to come out and lift weights. And my dad had a lot of pulleys and stuff that were specific to, uh, you know, forearms or neck or uh, parts of your body that you would uh, use more in wrestling, uh, like your triceps than other. Uh, you know, you don't really need a bicep in wrestling for most for the most part, but a tricep is where your strength is. But, uh, you know, and then if you got lucky, you'd get a treat. You know, my dad would give you a lesson. Uh you know, some guidance in the gym, some therapeutic, uh, you know, dignity down there, and you come out a better man and maybe about an inch or two taller, and you feel great, you know, and nothing's broken or separated or uh, maimed or bleeding or no teeth knocked out or anything like that. You might have a little blood vessel burst in your eyeball once in a while. You might see your life flash before your eyes for a few split seconds, you know, before you get that little gasp of air and then you're clamped on again and you're not getting air, but, you know, you did at least see the twinkle in my dad's eye and hear a snicker as he mugged you again, you know, just so you can live through it again one more time for the extra lesson in it, the, you know, the remedial lesson, you know, and 
maybe for the benefit of a few guys that are watching, you know, that have been through it before, you know, it was never a spectacle. Us kids were lucky. Right. We'd sneak in, and when my old man saw that we were watching, he'd scream, you know, he'd scream in a shrill, effeminate voice. No, I'm just kidding. He'd order us out to get the hell out of here, little bastards. We didn't want to make a ridicule, but, you know, guys that already right. been through it, uh, they, they sort of felt it was like one of their rights to observe it uh, on, on another victim and, you know, if the guy that came out uh, that was going to get stretched for whatever reason because he was a worthy prospector, he was just an asshole mouthing off at ringside so often that my dad finally had to do something about it, that they would sometimes bring a, a platoon of chauffeurs or doctors and uh, they'd be sitting in the gym smoking and get dripping mud on the floor and my dad would order the whole bunch out at once and they'd leave like a little block of chicken. The, uh, the guy that's going to get the training or the uh, he's there, not sure what's going to happen now, but uh, he's pretty much uh, done. You know, my dad put him through some quick exercises to make sure he's done, and then now he's like a, a nice placid morsel. You can just, you know, stretch him any way you want, and he's, he's kind of going along willingly. It makes it easier. I used to call it an adjustment, and it did. It would do, you know, you'd feel at first, you know, oh, yeah, nice, I needed that spine dislocated a bit or the um, the uh, decompression but soon it was way beyond that and as you know which you know a guy like my dad would know how far he could clamp on a hole before he did pop your uh shoulder out of its socket or before something you know your elbow broke or you know or you get you, you blacked out and died or you know it wasn't so much he never even strangled you ever it was uh, you know more 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 Gentlemanly ways, be a legitimate yeah. sleeper yeah. or something. He cover your uh, mouth, but he's not uh, strangling you per se. <laughs> no finger marks on your lips. Well, I'm I'm tapping I'm tapping out just thinking about uh about yeah, about yeah. that. Um, you know how the thing though the tap outs didn't count, pinfalls didn't count, uh, nothing yeah. counted. You yeah, blackout. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. Didn't, you get revived didn't your in mom, a minute. Didn't, back in. Didn't your mom think that something was going on down there? Men were screaming. Oh, yeah, she used to, yeah, well, she learned pretty quick. Uh, I mean, I imagine, like, before Stu even had the gym equipped, he was probably torturing guys on the uh, mat, you know. There was three three walls, and, uh, you know, we had no ropes on the thing. It was like a 14-foot, you know, about six inches off the ground. The only protection was under the planks were airplane inner tubes, small ones, you know, and that was it. And they right. pretty much go flat after a while, and, you know, you know but mm. nobody, it was not, they still had, you know, safety factors, you know, and if you got slammed, and there wasn't a lot of slamming, you don't do a lot of slamming in submission wrestling. Right. It's more friendly once you lock up. That's a different uh, story, yeah. Let the, yeah, let the guy play himself out like a bull, you know, and now he snorted and pissed away all this <laughs> adrenaline, and he's starting, his head's starting to hang down, you know, and you you're mm. you know you got yours then and you yeah. know you can take him wherever you want and as often as you want and yeah. he's going to go along and, you know like you know they, they almost just give up after a while like there's some of them like billy graham superstar ran out in the cold you know in the middle of winter yeah. wouldn't come didn't want to come back in on these other guys just don't have it in them even to have that much right uh you know anyway i babbled enough about that topic plugged it well, right, but like, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> right. I appreciate. Yeah, I, so I yeah, you got to have uh, pride in yourself and uh, right. confidence, and 
know that uh, you're going to take the extra step and, and, you know, because you love the business and right. you've devoted your time and efforts into it up to that point, And that's an investment in yourself, you might say. 100, 100%. And that's entirely the way I live my life. I mean, I am a full-time professional wrestler. And, uh, you know, I, I, I take everything that has to do with this very seriously. And, and also to the other point, I mean, I, I totally, you know, I, I love hearing stories like that. And, and I wish, honestly, I wish that's the way, you know, the getting into wrestling aspect stayed. Um, but as far as running schools, at least I'm happy. I found a way to create a positive environment for, for all kinds of people where, you know, at least having so many connections and so many things, I found different levels of where at least if a guy is not going to be this big star, I'm not putting him out there to be one. Like there's some smaller things they can be a part of and, and, you know, they can kind of build themselves up and, and there's a lot of time and a lot of, a lot of, you know, like I have control of, of actually a few levels that they can, they can, you know, reach, which, like I said, creates a little variety. Whereas the, the the typical wrestling school, these guys think they're showing them things, and you know they show them you know five holds and 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 five moves, and then all of a sudden they're they're putting them out there on on shows, and you know these guys are talking for the shows, right? And then these guys are are you know talking like they're superstars. And, and they yeah, they're almost stuff. happy to do it too. They don't. I, I I've seen instances where they were no more ready to wrestle than. Uh, then uh, maybe a hockey player is ready to, uh, you know, do synchronized swimming. And right, right. They're happy to be out there selling pictures. They got their tights, right. you know, they got right, their exactly. sort of mm-hmm. homemade right. outfit on so, and their mask. And, right. their, so, and, and you know, and like in theory, oh, sorry, you know, and in theory, it's hard to, you know, I mean, it's hard to sit there and, and I mean, it's not hard if you really know the business, but I'm saying like, like to explain to other people, it's hard to sit there and, and disqualify someone. So like, like I said, the, the way I like to do it is at least when, when they're part of my schools, there's ways to, to work up the ladder. And, and even if you, the, the, the nice thing I've seen about it is even guys that on first look, you don't think that they're going to go far or they're going to do things. They have a little extra time to, to kind of grow into themselves and mature and, 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 you know, really, learn how to take it seriously or you know i mean at least if they're if they're not i'm not putting them out in the world to just pollute the business and ruin everything so no and once you start using them you got to kind of uh keep them alive keep them fresh you know they even right even though they the guy that they beat uh was more, you know more than a match for them maybe they, they, they got their <laughs> right. hand raised even if it's in yep. controversy or a uh, question that's even all the right. better. Maybe uh, right. it'll stick in their minds later. You know, maybe they can pick up that issue or you got your hand raised on this occasion and I know you cheated. I I know you put your feet <laughs> on the turnbuckle or something. You can even revive it that way, you know, look back on and to create right. an issue out of something that really is uh, almost, you know, too minor to consider otherwise. But um, well, uh, like, like I said, you got to keep out. guys. Uh, yeah, if you beat somebody who doesn't even fight back and has never won a match in his life, uh, and they know that, then who have you beat? Right. You beat nobody. Let that guy that you're right. gonna beat uh, like a rag, beat like a doormat. Uh, let give him a win the week before, make him look, uh, give give him a freak win of some sort. And, you know, you got to right. use common sense. And uh, that's you old know, like school. I said, that's, that's how it. Old school. 
became what it was. It just it evolved to be what it was, and, right. I, and for a long time it, it couldn't get any better. It's just all right. dependent on how you manipulated the talents, you know, the matches and the angles, the issues, the championships, the rematches, and whatever, you know, and how you right. dealt with adversity so that you have your guys are uh, wiped out in a bad automobile accident, and all of a sudden you got all these Nazis and, uh, you know, kamikazes being good guys, and they speak English, but what the hell can you do, you know? And, you know I was going to break in and say something. On that note, I just want to let everybody know that you're listening to the Heartbreak Vine, number 27, with Smith Hart, myself, Magic Mike, and, of course, our guest, Mr. Earl Cooter. So, can I, I, I have a question. You know, before you were talking sure. about the doghouse, right, we got to go right. back a little bit, and you were talking about training. Okay. My best right. friend that started me in this business, was trained by Iron Mike Sharp. I'm sure you probably know him if you were down at the doghouse. His name Absolutely. is Magic. Oh, I know. You know Magic. Of okay, of yeah. Matt, um, and you probably know Low Life Louie and all those Absolutely. guys, right? Of yes. Course. Those guys are those guys are good guys. Magic is a yeah, Magic is a yep. gr- I was gonna say Magic is a great guy. And Magic is. is also a teacher and he also, you know, would say the same thing that you did that you know why put right. why put guys out there when they're not properly trained just to sell tickets and stuff? Right. You know. Well, yeah, like I said, and, and the whole thing is like I said, there's, you know, that's why we have like some smaller student shows and some little things that that guys who need a little seasoning they can get. But but yeah, that's the mindset is to not to not ruin things and uh, you know to say to Smith, you know there have been some days and I'm not saying I I'm not saying I know all the goings on, but from from all the rumors I've heard and, you know, from guys that I worked with, like, and, you know, trained with a little bit, like Justin Credible, you know, he came out of the mm-hmm. a little bit. And, uh, you know, there's been some days where, where I've been inspired by the, by the, uh, the legendary Stu Hart with the, <laughs> with the, with the mat wrestling and the, and the stretching of guys and trying to teach guys how to be yeah. humble a little bit. So I hope, yeah. I hope I did it justice, but I want to say, you know, it's, it's crazy to hear about stories like that. I'm, uh, you know, very, uh, yeah, Smith. I was gonna say Smith has uh, Smith has some more stories. I, actually, Smith was telling me a couple weeks ago that that it was an honor to have guys to have guys you know be, to have Stu stretch them. You know, you could tell us stories. Absolutely, Smith. Yeah. absolutely, yeah. And by the same token, Mike uh, was uh, kind of a disgrace when you uh, had the opportunity and you ran out, or you you uh, you, you know you. Wouldn't even get undressed, or you, you you hid your bag, so you said you you didn't have your gear. But next time, or something. Right. there were some right. guys that Stu would have liked to have really done a good job on some real real assholes <laughs> in the business, and they knew it, and they they, right. they stayed clear. And then even to this day, they kind of get very sheepish thinking about it. They even in Stu's death, they they can't say much. Mm. They're almost afraid to say that they could beat him now or something. They don't even dare right. say that right. to all of them, but. You know, That's there was great. guys that the wrestlers were urging and hoping would get a, a good stretching because they were sort of jack offs on the road and shit disturbers and clearly <laughs> not part of the, the flock in most ways. They were kind of foreign in some ways, or, or just sort of so conceited and hated and kind of glided through maybe on some ethnic, uh, or because they knew some promoters or something had done something right. somewhere. That got them a little bit of notoriety, but basically they weren't really savory guys that 
but they weren't one of the boys kind of they were just not quite there mm-hmm. and uh right. you know they didn't want to hear that they got a stretching or at least once in a while Stu would pop one of them with a punch or something in the in a professional sense you know like you know was stewed on and some little no account heel tag half a tag would be good at middling the rep and the type that wouldn't tell you he was he got a, a quick bookie in Japan and on no notice so he, he can keep right. the title because you know in those cases we have to lose them it didn't matter if it was a ten horse town they'd lose that night or whatever but in some cases right. they get away with keeping the belts for six weeks while we went to Japan and all that did was basically just screw us up a little bit you know we'd work around it the tags are usually the semi-main. But uh, I'm a big fan of tags. I think tag matches are, can be can be as good as anything, you know. Uh, right. You know, the, I know the Graham brothers, uh, Jerry and uh, Eddie, to start with, they, they sold out Madison Square Garden in the 50s. They're breaking all records in existence at the time. Right. And, uh, strictly well, tag matches. Well, I'll tell you, you know, one of my biggest... I mean, it's not a total regret. I mean, I did team with them on a big show at uh, City Field, which was like the first ever show. You know, that used to basically be, uh, that's like the replacement Shea Stadium. Uh, I did team with my brother, who's a wrestler, my older brother, and uh, the only time I've ever teamed with him. And, uh, you know, I I wish, you know, like like having done that, like, you know, all the years we wasted where we never did that, I, I really wish that we did. And I think, you know, we uh, I think we both could have been a big deal doing it. So I totally know where you're going with that. Yeah, there's all kinds of great things that have happened in tag matches, even though some of the uh, individuals weren't so great. But the Kelly twins, uh, I think there's one of them still alive. Uh, they were identical twins, and uh, right. we had them up here, and they could pull off stuff with their uh, identical looks and things like that. And right, one could right. be injured and run out, and another one come back in fresh and stuff. And right, before right. you know, when they were singled and. Um, you know, there's all kind of with managers and stuff, you know, and you can, you know, not, you know, with manager interfering, trying to distracting the ref while two guys are on one and the other, you know, guys, right. you know, also trying to break through the ref's barrier. You know, you can get a lot of heat going that way if you don't do it too obvious, you know, or too often. Right, you know, you gotta sort of know when to let it up and switch mm-hmm. to something else, let the babies get their tag, you know, but if you do it all close, where, you know, there's nothing worse than the referee looking behind him to see if it's clear yet, and it's not, and then he, for no reason, uh, <laughs> starts still barking at the guys that he's, that the baby face, you know, it should be the heel's job to tell the referee when to turn around and, Absolutely. you know, and, and you know, how to keep a, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. with that being, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say, with that being said, uh, Earl, who, who was your favorite wrestlers growing up? Uh, well, I'd have to say the number one as a child. I mean, it's a pretty obvious answer for kids my age. You're going to say Hulk Hogan. Uh, you know, okay. I wasn't watching wrestling for necessarily all the technical reasons why I would later on. So Hogan was, you know, right. Hogan and Savage were big favorites. Uh, you know, okay. tag team wise, I was a huge fan of the Hart Foundation. I always, I always thought Brett was Same. awesome. And I like, I like seeing him, you know, they, uh, I know he wasn't just with. Uh, pretty sure, right? He wasn't just I with know. Anvil all the time. He had uh, earlier on. Was it was it Hammer he was with? Or no? Uh, was that later? No, he was. Uh, he they was single. I was gonna say he was. Uh, he was single. Brett was. Uh, Brett was single. 
Um, they kept them right. single, um, and they actually were going to make him Buddy, uh, Brett the Buddy the Hard, but um, he, uh, what do you call, he, thank God, he said, he always said thank God he didn't, but he had, that's when he went with the, uh, with the anvil, and um, with the right. anvil and well, Jimmy Hart. I, I think I just get confused because the Jimmy Hart stable. I know that's okay. They, you know, but I know they were sometimes that's bad cool. guys in, like, you know, Survivor Series type stuff, so I was a kid. Yeah, it was, all, it's all hard not to... Uh, it's um, Earl very hard not to include Hulk Hogan as one of the greatest uh, right. men in, uh, of all time because of what he did. You know, right. he's sort yeah. of the exception. Uh, right. Pretty much, you say that the promoter makes the wrestler. The wrestler doesn't make the promoter. Well, Hulk didn't really make the McMahon's, but right. uh, he sure as hell gave him the boost that uh, Young Vince right. Jr. needed when he was mm-hmm. uh, doing his exploitation uh, expansion or whatever you want to call it. And uh, Hulk took off like he, like you know like he's the hottest thing uh, in in the world you might say in entertainment right. in sports right. right. Well, and and hopefully he doesn't listen to this because I see him quite a bit and uh, <laughs> I kind of just pretty much made it sound like he wasn't the greatest wrestler. You but, you hope who doesn't listen to this Hulk? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I wish he, I wish Hogan would listen to this. I've been trying I've been trying to get Hogan on the on, on the I show. Run, you know, I, I wish he, you know we I love I'll tell you this. I've been a fan of this business since I'm four years old and I am thirty nine years old. And right. my favorite wrestler growing up was number one was before Hogan was Andre the Giant and then right. and then Hulk Hogan and then Hulk Hogan and like you said, Savage and stuff like that was thrown in. And then growing up, right. of course, my favorite, you know, in the 90s was Brett. And, you know, like you right. said about the, the tag team, the Hart Foundation. So, and, you know, Smith brought up a good point about the wrestler, the promoter. Hogan and Vince both did it, but also they had the great heels of Rowdy Roddy Piper. They had everybody. Right. It just they was the, the right place heels in at the right time. Every, any, any the time. They definitely that, did. Even guys that guys would come out of retirement yeah. to get him on, you know, on Vince's gravy right. train, yeah. and you know they were doing nothing elsewhere. You know, like and right. everybody came on there. Don Morocco and uh, second mm-hmm. generation guys like Jake Roberts and uh, uh, right. Mr. Perfect. You know, mm-hmm. they, the Hammer, and the uh, the New Yorkers, yeah. Right. So many of them. Yeah, those are uh, a lot third, of my favorites. Third generation uh, Mexicanos. And, um, oh, God. Uh, Mexicanos. Yeah, it was good. It's good, good times back then. Mm-hmm. For uh, and that was still legitimate. That was still, uh, you know, kind of acceptable wrestling or old school in those days. They hadn't got, got into that sort of uh, gay uh, stuff you're seeing now. Uh, let's not. Well, let's not go into. Let's not get into that, please. Um, the gay stuff you see now. I'm trying to avoid some of uh, the stuff that I'm watching now. Um, yeah. Thanks, Smith, again for a picture in my head. Every week, Smith throws another picture in my head. All right, so uh, one for yeah, I got, I got, yeah, I got, yeah. I got one. Oh God, uh, you know what? I was going to say it. I, I will say it. You know what? Tell him the quick Howard Finkel story. Hurry up. <laughs> Well, that's one where I I'd, uh, submitted the uh, scenario with uh, uh, marrying Mae Young. Is that the one? Like, yeah, that's the one. No, that's not marrying Mae okay. Young. The one is where you cheat on, you cheat on, uh, what do you call it? You cheat with Mae Young on uh, Mark Henry. Go ahead. 
hit it. Okay, he's got that. Uh, that's his fantasy, but it's not correct. What it was was at the uh, <laughs> wedding. You know, one of the pay-per-views uh, may not have been WrestleMania, but one of the big pay-per-views, uh, it's been acknowledged that uh, Smith Hart is going to marry Mae Young. I've been widowed four times to that point, legitimately. Right. Like five, four, four mothers and my kids are dead. And I talked to Mae Young oh, about that. this uh, six months before. And she was all for it. So uh, here's the thing, you know, a big, huge wedding cake. Everybody at the arena is going to get a piece and uh, watch this, you know, the sacred sacrifice or, or uh, ceremony at least. And, uh, of course, just and, and Brett's my best man with the ring. And uh, just as at the point where if anybody wants to hold their breath or forever, uh, you know, whatever, say, say an hour or forever, hold your peace. That's when Mark Henry comes storming through, breaking through, and he's uh, he jump, Brett jumps up to put him to sleep so he doesn't can't disturb the you know start stop the ceremony because he's, he's right. a former jilted lover of May Young's and um, right. fabulous Mula, and Hornswoggle's like hanging on his foot or on around his uh, shin or something, hanging on like sitting on his leg, and just as Mark gets towards the wedding cake, he either falls face first or whatever into it with Brett still on top of the sleeper. And uh, as I'm running away in my limo for, for my life with my bride, uh, Mark runs out and rips the door off the limo or rips the bumper off or something. Meanwhile, two weeks later, they've had bulletins about it, you know, a bunch of so-called paparazzi hanging around some honeymoon suite in uh, Niagara Falls or some, some such place. And finally, when here's Mark Henry again, and uh, maybe he's still with Hornswoggle hanging on his leg, but he boots in the door <laughs> and that the uh, paparazzi been afraid to disturb, and he comes and drags out, uh, you yeah. know, was dead then, but he drags out yeah. Young, uh and she's got the whip in her hand, and she's got the stiletto heels and the ripped oh, and latex pantyhose and the crotchless panties and the garter belt, oh. all the stuff that Mike, Mike likes so much. And uh, okay. all there's right. me all lying right. there, it. spread. I'm, I'm, I'm handcuffed with the ball gag, and I've had the living shit whipped out of me. There's about 20 parade whips and this, that, and the other. And maybe May's got a mask on, a thorough mask. But Mark just throws her over his shoulder and leaves wow. with her. And they, they quickly do a pan on me, and the, the editors shut it down. You know, and they, they don't see any more of me. I would have done that. I would have sacrificed myself. Just even beyond the yeah. show. Oh, okay. The, the All right. So tell, tell, Earl the whole, uh, so tell Earl the end of the story. What happened with Howard? When you thought Howard submitted it, the idea, what did you say? Go ahead. Well, I, I couldn't reach Howard after that. When Howard said, I'll get that through and send it to me, I'll, I'll direct it to the right channels. <laughs> uh, and this was in desperation. I tried to get through other people and uh, it's right. been replaced and this and that and I couldn't seem to reach anybody but somehow I got Howard and he assured me he would take care of it and he'll send it to the right places and, but uh, <laughs> once I com- once it was completely sent in because uh, I did a few corrections on it but there was a point where I just couldn't reach Howard for the last say two weeks before it was actually you know where it would have been aired was over and done with I could not right. reach Howard at all yeah, but uh yeah. And, and if know, that was been. done in the ad, that would have done. Hey, listen, that would have been done. That would have been done in the attitude era, not the PG uh, thirty. Not the right. PG. Uh, and, 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 but uh, but that's. 
But now, Earl, you're maybe the, I, I pulled my ear away from the phone when he got up to the other part that I didn't want to hear. But I, I hope yeah, you know. Yeah. Now you know. Well, you, now you know the picture that I got in my head. But anyway, let's well, keep the, right. uh, the ball. Let's keep the ball. All right, let's keep the ball rolling, uh, Earl. What do you say? Well, let me just say, even in the attitude era, they might not have aired that one. <laughs> but uh, oh, great well, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, so, even just um, prevents private amusement. Give me, give me a couple hundred bucks in an airfare and part of the show, and uh, <laughs> you know you can uh, do whatever you want with it. Throw yeah. it on twenty years later. I, I guess, be, I guess being, I guess being at SummerSlam in one of the best cage matches ever, Owen versus Brett, SummerSlam '94. I guess climbing up the cage really didn't do it for Smith, huh? <laughs> oh, you well, know what? I remember, <clears throat> I, I watched this. It's on all the time at the gym. They play it on the. I see a like it's on one of. I don't know what compilation DVD it's on, but I see that match all the time. That was a great, great cage match. Yeah, it really was. There was a point though where Jim Neidhart lost the key to the lock, and uh, we, we all of a sudden were climbing in the ring, and Pat Patterson says, "Stop, stop, don't move." You know, we had to freeze in our tracks like idiots. I, I you know, and Jim never did find the key. <laughs> and, and I don't know. They had, had to break it open with a padlock, with a, with bolt cutters or something, cut the wire or something. But yeah, I remember it was a kind of commotion. But but I remember it was a good match. Yeah. I remember there was a, a turn at the end, and I remember that was uh, like to this day. It's still, you know, I'm, I'm like still like I still watch it. You know, like while I'm working out, and I've yeah. seen it like probably six times, and I'm always like, oh wait, it's part awesome, and then like I'll watch it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I consider one of the top. Owen was one of the top all-round workers going, like, uh, he wasn't the biggest guy in the world, but he could do pretty much anything. They used to tell oh, him, no, uh, legit, man. Tone, yeah, tone it down, legit. you're, you know, we're paying Macho a lot of money, you've got a lot invested mm. in him, and you're out doing, you're, you're, you're out, uh, you know, maneuvering him on the aerial stuff, so tone it down. So Owen mm. would, some guys would, like Ted would try to upstage uh, anybody right. they could, every chance they got, and they'd either get fired or get slapped around or, Whatever, but uh, Owen, Owen understood the business, and he did tone right. down the, uh, you know, the aerial maneuvers and pyrotechnical right. stuff. Well, but he could uh, cry on a dime. He yeah. could sing. He could do interviews as a baby face or a heel. You know, right. Either way, he could be very appealing. And he never had any real training for that. He he went right from kind of high school and amateur wrestling into basic pro wrestling in Calgary, where he was pretty much right. a main eventer because of the talent depletion and his name, you know, it gave him both. Uh, right. Plus, he was pretty damn good. And uh, he worked out hard. He wanted to become a firefighter at the time, and he was trying to condition himself. And uh, when he got uh, big offers beyond Calgary, he took them and improved wherever he went, you know, whether he was wrestling as a good guy or a bad guy. And uh, it wasn't really what he wanted, you know, and he, but he, it, was, it was money to kind of, conduct his uh you know his relationship with his uh future wife martha and right. uh you know he might have been still going to university part of that time as well Owen had a teaching degree and uh was offered lots of teaching jobs that he t- t- didn't uh uh-huh. take advantage of because uh he knew he'd have wrestling offers that would be pretty big money in japan right. and mexico and places like that that would so he could have been a substitute teacher. He might have even applied for that, but uh, I don't know that he ever did. But uh, he was very well, versatile, uh, and plus he had youth on his side. You know, like he was yeah. five years younger than Brett, and 
or more maybe. But uh, anyway, Miss Owen, what a, what a great uh, person he was as well as a wrestler and performer. Well, I think that's a, a testament to what, you, you know, your your whole family as a whole. That's, uh, you know, why he was able to, to be so good maybe without doing it the longest. I mean, I mean all you guys are pretty successful uh, wrestlers and, and like, you know, your, your family's obviously synonymous with the word pro wrestling. So, uh, I mean, you know, it's a, obviously you guys uh, just have it in you. I mean, I, I think you, yeah. know, you can learn a lot. You can, you can learn a lot, but, you know, you just kind of have to be born into a, you know, when you're, when you have those traits and you have those things, I mean, that's, you know, just ran in the family for you guys. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Stu had the great, uh, fortune of, uh, besides having a great, uh, amateur background, uh, legitimate, you know, Olympic, uh, qualifying, uh, you know, uh, amateur freestyle submission wrestling background. He, uh, broke in, in New York, the big, the big headquarters there working for, uh, Jess McMahon's boss, Toots Mont, who later let Jess become his partner, or at least maybe Vince McMahon Sr. become his partner, uh, right. among a few other little shareholders like Willie Gilsenberg and Jack Curley, and uh, I don't know, there's one or two others. But right. uh, basically, uh, Toots was the big, the big balls in, uh, in, in wrestling, in pro wrestling in the world. And... Uh, he was a former circus uh, Ringling Brothers, so he brought the circus aspect to it, and, you know, with uh, yeah, yeah. pomp and music and all that stuff, and lots of props right. and this and that. And uh, right. Stu had all these contacts. Any when he didn't wrestle in New York, he'd wrestle uh, elsewhere in Texas or Chicago or uh, God knows where else. Uh, you know, in those uh, hard states like Iowa, and Oklahoma, and Nebraska, and all that. And, the people he met were all good, uh, you know, amateur uh, contacts, you know, for, for legitimate wrestling. And um, right. then when he got to Calgary, he ended up, uh, you know, he, as soon as TV was available, he had had the, mis- the, the good fortune of bringing in Sam Meneker, who was managing June Byers, who was the world champion lady wrestler at the time. Right. And uh, Sam was very familiar with TV and, uh, Having worked in L.A. and New York, and uh, he told my dad, uh, "When when you get a TV station here, let me know. I'll come back. Also, you know, we'll make some money." So right. he did, uh, and uh, that was, you know, he was always uh, in on the on the, you know, he's always ahead of the game. You might say, even though we were in a backwards area, and we didn't rely on extravaganzas where we bring in all these former stars on one big night because. In New York, you could do that. You don't you know because right. there'd be one here, one there, one there, not more than maybe 100 miles away from the radius of New York. But here, right. you know, it gets on into Calgary. Back in those days, with the turbo prop, you know, was right. it called Air Canada? It was Trans Canada Airlines, and a trip to Toronto right. would take you like 10 hours or something. Oh, you know, yeah. a good day. So, uh, you know, we didn't rely on uh, big, uh, huge names and big promotions. We relied on tactics you might say and subtleties right. and uh right. very convincing more, issues right. more, more uh, about putting stuff, the right yeah. guy in the right place you know like Skiller Kowalski was a hell of an actor Jim Riot called right uh another one who was as good as anybody ever in his ever in the heel the way he would right. the way he looked and his expressions and his size and his, his the horrible pox skin and all that when he <laughs> 
turned on you, and he could be, he would have been maybe even 50, 60 years old, and he was still a top heel. When when uh, he'd been brutalizing you the whole match, just viciously kicking the shit out of you, and somehow it it's gets to the point where the worm is turning on this big uh, big hornet or something. The little butterfly is now turning on the, this nasty spider or something, and uh, the butterfly slaps uh, Jim in the face, and he. He can't believe it, and he keeps coming on, and then the butterfly slaps him again with the other paw or other wing or something, and then he stops like a coward that he is, and, he, and then he right. decides he's uh, going to duck his head under the ropes and beg off. The fans went nuts. This is after this right, guy right. beat the living shit out of the little maggot or the butterfly. Now the, right. now he gets two little stings in the face, and he's like wilting and quitting, and you know you hardly even leave a mark on him. He, he'd do it at the right time. And all the baby right. face it up to just look at the people once as he's advancing. You don't have to milk it for very long. Right. Just, uh, just one glance at the people like, I'm with you. Are you with me? And he'd stagger, stretch, whatever, over to this coward hiding that's about 100 pounds heavier than him, begging for mercy and push, got the referee in front of him to shield him. You know, his hands would go right, nuts. Right. And, uh, you know, he keeps the issues going and, you know, whatever. It's, something, it's always based on logic. Like, if Jim Wright's partner had just come back in, but he's, nobody knows him because he wore a mask last time. He could come in and wrestle Jim for that matter, you know. But he's right. better off to team up with Jim and uh, with the mask, without the mask, and get into something else, you know. Like once you've got, you can't go any farther, and this is your top heel and your top baby, and they've pretty much had a blow up, and you don't want to kill either one of them any more than you already have, or, or expose them any more than they have. You switch into another. Right dimension like uh, tags or whatever and uh, you know maybe down well that this guy or that guy is going to leave for for a tour of Japan or, or forever going back to his home state and he's you know all bets are off he may come back he might not but he, he wants to get his kids in school and blah 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 this is not his home but he's happy to come in and make a few bucks and you know say he's been here enough so we had to go by uh, sort of, you know, the angles, the brains, the issues that right. the closer right. they were to the truth, to the, you know, that fans could identify, more logical they were and uh, credible, the better uh, they were received and the better you could uh, draw, you know, a crowd. Right. And they all gave paid, you know, you wouldn't see Jim Wright sitting with uh, the right, Scott right, brother right. that he had bloodied up uh, six weeks right. in a row, have both enjoying the... I still think guys should do that. I hate when, you know, I mean, I understand like when you can be in the same room with them, but like when you're sitting right next to them eating a hot dog or something, I, that's kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I agree, especially, <laughs> I agree, Earl, especially when you're in a small place or venue. I, right. I still believe in, in kayfabe. I always was taught that way, um, you know, but it's ironic though when, you know, we were growing up, you know, the biggest one of the biggest stories was the Iron Sheik, you know, riding with Hacks with Jim Duggan and getting in a right. scruffle. You know, that's right. that's uh you know what I'm saying? I understand that guys want to save money for trans and stuff. And even even right. today, you know, with independent I understand that. But you know, you gotta right. you gotta at least separate from each other, um well, and, and you know, keep it the the same keep it the same way, you know? Well, luckily back then, information didn't travel like it does now. There wasn't the internet or whatever. So, I mean, being a little kid, dude, I was pretty young, so I heard nothing of that. So, I mean, in fact, you know, 
growing up in a small town like I did in upstate New York and and all that, uh, you know, right. the cool thing was I didn't – I mean, it was a good and it was bad. I mean, to a wrestling fan, maybe it was bad, but the cool thing was is the uh, the the wrestling environment was very isolated in the fact that mostly what we saw was WWF. So, like, you know, guys like Snooker or whoever would slaughter, they'd come and go, and they probably were over in – AWA or somewhere else and and we would just think they were gone, you know. <laughs> so yeah, gotcha. it was uh you know, it was kind of yeah, cool you, in a way. You, so uh, like, what town did you grow up in? Uh I grew up in a small city uh called Rome, New York. Rome, okay. And, uh, yep, and that's that's way up in upstate New York and uh yep. like I said, I mean I used to get my beer I used to get my beer from Rome, New York. Well, there you go, man. And uh, well, and like I said, man, shipment. <laughs> well, you know, like the the cool thing, like I said, that's so. I mean, I'm all for that, and I agree with you. Like, you know, like that's why being on shows, like I try not to to interact with the guys that I'm wrestling, like in front of people. I mean, that's it's just takes away from it. <laughs> I always think about trying to entertain, you know, mostly the kids. I mean, I'm all for doing yeah. cool moves and crazy stuff and and whatever. But honestly, as a whole, I mean. I, I appreciate the support of a lot of people and, and whatever, but you know, I notice the older the wrestling fans are, the more they nitpick every little thing. And and, and oh, the yeah. part that they, blows they, my mind. They well, are, the part they that are very critical. But one, but I just before Smith, I just want was to tell you one thing. Fun, a funny, quick story. Magic, Magic, and I were uh, we were at BW World Wrestling, Body Slam Wrestling Organization, and um, and you know, at the time, our our group was was heel. So, um, so all of a sudden, all everybody went out to sell merch, and I said to Matt, oh, someone said to Magic, hey, you coming with us? So Magic goes, where are you guys going? They go, we're going out to sell merch. So I was sitting there, and uh, I did one of them was gonna, was gonna grab me up to go, and he turned around and he goes, heels do not sell merch. And all of a sudden, we looked at him, we, you know, he gave me a look, and then I sat down. With them, we sat down. We sat down with them, and I'm like, wow. "Really?" He goes, "Dude, well, I'm a bad guy. I just beat up the, you know, I just crippled the good guy. Why would I go out there and, and sell my merch and smile, you know, and stuff like that?" Well, I'm gonna tell you this. True enough, he uh, doesn't have to sit next to the guy, but the heels are right. entitled to sell their photos. Yeah, I gotta make money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, that's it's that, that sort of a, you know. They could have an agent do it for them if they brought some uh, ring rat along with them or Mm -hmm. some uh, boyfriend or something. I love that term. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't wait. You know, go ahead. That's exactly the the point. I mean, you know, you got to make money too at the same time. And and you know, yeah, not for nothing. I think it gets blown out of proportion because you look back at at all the heels back in the day. And I mean, it's not like they weren't making merchandise for Ted DiBiase and and these guys. Like they were, they're all the top heels had had awesome merchandise you could buy. And, I mean, it's because, you know, people – if you're good at your job, it's not that people are supposed to, uh, you know – I mean, they're supposed to not like you, but they're they're supposed to admire you in the very least. Like, like when I go out there, it's like we talked about earlier, you don't go out there looking your best and, and, and you know, taking all this pride in what you do, you know, just to get the biggest boo you can get. Like, if that was the case, I would look like a disgusting fat slob and I'd go out there with – three strands of hair poking out of my head, and I'd be like, look, everybody's booing me. I'm the best heel ever. There's a difference. They're booing yeah, me yeah. because Plastic you're... Plastic replics of Dalton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, which is uh, 90% so, of uh, was... indie wrestling. I've seen some of the old uh, WWE 
I'm not going to mention any names, but I see them out there, and they look in still not bad shape and all that, but they got some belt that they may or may not have actually owned at one time or been the champion. Right. They uh, right. got some old pictures where they look pretty good, even though uh, you know they still got the suntan and the juice now. But uh, right. it's almost like since the guy's walking by, hey, how are you doing? Uh, you want to buy a picture? You don't even ask. You don't even get the answer. I'm doing fine, buddy. Uh, who are you? Or nothing. It's just, uh, <laughs> hey, how are you? You want to buy a picture and, and get an autograph too or something? Almost stepping in, in the guy's way and all that. And right, thinking, right, right. You shouldn't be too hur- too much of a hoor. You're a pretty good star in your day. You don't have to get down right, on your knees right. and look to book this fight. You know, not yet. Night is still young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's like uh, a time hey, when uh, I think the clown impersonator outsold. Oh no! Uh, Tatanka snuck uh, Johnny Devine, <laughs> not snuck it, but Tatanka. Yeah, that happens all the time. Boris, Brutus the Beefcake, um, Nightheart, and I don't know a couple others even. And uh, this guy, then he went out and wrestled, and uh, with the outfit and all that, and then he came back and selling even more pictures. And these guys were furious. Mm-hmm. He said, "Get this mark out of here and all that." And I uh, said, "Well, he's you know, he's, he's friend of the promoters. I thought I didn't bring him here, you know." And he he kind of sensed that he was wearing out his welcome, but he had sold about 500 pictures, and these guys, I don't think he, either or any of them had sold 100 each. Oh and, man, uh, I I I, uh, I I do understand where that's come from. I cannot stand when guys. That's what I can't stand too. When guys go out there. And they they go under a mask. They call themselves the executioner. They call themselves right, the right. patriot. They call well, themselves, you know, and 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 they're they're basically enjoying the clown. And and you know, basically, you know, what they're doing basically is they're 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 you know, obviously impersonating and they're making money off yeah, the guy. The guy's right. sweat and stuff. I mean, you know, right. that's that's one of the things that really bothers me. Um. One of, we had a guest on here who's a great guy, Mr. Del Wilkes, was on our show. And, you know, right. he, would say, he was telling us some of the, you know, stuff that he was going through. But, uh, right. you know, that's, you know, it's just impersonators. Do, do your own thing. And that's with everybody, though. You know, when you're an impersonator, well, you know, I mean, sometimes look. people take a personality, you know. Right. But, but again, like, look. At, at the end of the day, dude, you got to you got to feel like you know it kind of falls on the fans too. Like you have to think of it like this: maybe mm-hmm. the fans aren't buying Doink the Clown's autograph because it's Doink the Clown. They're buying it because there's a bunch of little kids there and he's a clown. So in, in reality, he could have called himself you know Chip the Clown, and it wouldn't have mattered. He's gonna sell him because yeah. he's in a clown suit. So I mean, uh, you can't mm-hmm. get that bent out of shape about it because it's like that's that's what they're you know it's that's what the fans are, are looking for. Then they're so if that's who their kid wants to take a picture with, they're not too going to take a picture with. You know, I mean, I, I get it. It's lame. It's real lame if you're uh, if that's your only gig is you know putting on a doink suit and uh, you know getting yeah. booked. I mean, but, but it's also shame on the, shame uh, on the. I'm sorry. It's the highest form of flattery when they imitate somebody uh, like Danny Crawford. Uh, he was flattered when uh, uh, Phil Lapon, who was uh, tag champions with uh, um, Al Sink, I think it was, in uh, WWE. But uh, right. he was the guy that I broke in, and uh, he was sort of just green in Montreal. And I think Crawford might have gone to Montreal for a short time and got over pretty good. Yeah. But anyway, he, he told, chose the name Danny Crawford. And uh, yeah. Danny said, well, I'm, I'm flattered that somebody would even choose my name, you know, and 
Right. Babyface, and this should build upon wrestle babyface, and right. um, it was all good. You know, it was like uh, you know mutual admiration kind of thing. Right. But other times it's very exploitive. I noticed almost every independent show that I ever heard about in Europe and right. America for years. I mean, all the real doinks are dead now, but um, right. they'd always have a doink the clown on the card. Always. Well, right. Like, and, 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 never, and, you know, I think uh, that's a promotional. Uh, that sort of. Yeah, it's like professional uh, um, license, you might say. It's right, and you know, that's what, you know, like I said. I mean, it is it is what it is. Dude. Like I, you know, if you want chasing that around, forget about it. But I mean, it's unfortunate. But I mean, you know, usually it sorts itself out. And the fact that the guy that wears that doing costume probably is a terrible wrestler. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, like, unless it, it you're Steve Lombardi, by the way, not all the uh, the doings are dead, just the original. Uh, well, no, Boy yeah, who wrestled yeah, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, uh, you know. Right. But I got, I got, good, I get your point, man. I, I was just, I get your, uh, your point. Yep, Matt, right. Matt's a great, was a great guy. He's I got to meet Matt a couple. Yeah, had, they you know, really cared when mm-hmm. there was a second Sugar Ray Leonard after Sugar Ray Robinson. You know, nobody, nobody right. presented yeah. that. You know, they're right. both right. the mm-hmm. ghetto boys and whatever. All right. Well, on that note, uh, on that note, we're gonna have to cut this um, interview a little short. Um, well, yeah, not short. You almost did an hour, but you definitely. You know what? I definitely want to have. I, I was gonna say I definitely want to have Earl back because uh, this is definitely a great. This is this was a great podcast, man. You're a, a great guest, and you know, um, you want to give some plugs and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Real quick, I would just like to say. A couple things. Uh, if you want to check out any of the schools, you can go to www.ftwwrestling.com, and that'll have links to all four of the schools. Or if you can't remember that and you want to go to www.nlive.com, uh, you can get a link to the, the WWN Academy out in Florida. Um, you know, you check me out on Facebook under the name Earl Cooter. Uh, i got a lot going on all the time. Um I'm excited. I should be uh, heading to England in the next uh, couple months. Uh, I should be back in Canada pretty soon. I mean, I'm always I'm all over the place, all over the U.S. and wherever else I'm wrestling. So probably going back to China soon. Uh, so a lot going on there. Uh, you know, I want to thank you guys for having me. Uh, you know, it's awesome to talk to uh, Smith and have and, and hear the stories about you and everybody. And you know, uh, I would definitely do it again. And, like I said, anytime you yeah, I would look forward to, to uh, talking to you in the future, Earl. And I, I hope you have a good man. time in England. Uh, I didn't even know you were in Japan, in uh, China once already, but that's a wide open market. If yeah, you know, we uh, were actually, real quick, we were actually the first uh, mainstream tour. We were the first live mainstream wrestling tour that ever went to China. That was WWN. Uh, that was uh uh, two uh-huh. years ago, we went. Yeah, they got bait. city after city after city of oh, at least 200,000 people. I love, would right. like to see Americans kicking the shit out right. of each other in a yeah, drama or uh, live, uh, you know, legitimate. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, man. Nature. And like I said, we're, we we just found out we're going back probably in the spring. So I think, you know, and it's going to be more regular from now on because uh, the there was something going on. Uh, there's there's a, a parent company over there or something, a partner company, and, and there was something going on that kind of held it up a little bit, but WWN is doing an MMA feature over there, uh, you know, in, in the next couple months as well. So they're, they're, they've been really stepping things up over there. So it could be 
a really yeah. exciting, you know, thing. I mean, it was huge. When we went last time, we did the, the MasterCard Center, which is where they had the Olympics. And, I mean, it was, I think, it was a pretty big live draw. I think, you know, for the first of its kind, I think it was over 13,000 people live. I, I think it aired live, you know, across, like, three cities and had an estimated viewing of over 300,000. So, I mean, you know, and it was all pretty short notice. I mean, they didn't really, it wasn't like a huge lead in time with the shows. They were maybe, I think they promoted it maybe a month and a half, two months out. And I mean, you know, you go, yeah. So the draw, 13,000. That's not like time for something that uh, foreign. That's that's no time at all. That's really quick. Right. Right, You got filming, you got it all on film, I hope and I imagine. Right. Yeah. It's uh, WWN live has a whole, they have a whole on demand. They just made a major partnership with uh, Low Slam Sports, I think it is, and so there's a whole online, you know, uh, on demand channel, and and all the the entire China tour is on there with all the evolved shows. I mean, there's literally years and years of footage on there, so it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. You know, Evolve's been working with uh, WWE doing the cruiserweight stuff, and you know, a bunch of those guys are signed there now. So, so yeah, wrestlers are not quite like. Um other performers uh, such as uh, singers and uh, you know Hollywood actors, they're they're like stuntmen, and uh, you know in, in most cases even even uh, you know an old who are like Hulk Hogan still has to take a bump if he's in a ring uh, if he's actually right. you know so uh, you know but you can promote uh, these uh, old hoors and lesser hoors like long after Dory Funk had become the NWA World Champion, his father who was right. long retired Dory Senior. He sold right. out the biggest building they had in Texas against Paul Bosch, right. who was a promoter in Houston and hardly right. a wrestler. My dad met Paul Bosch in 1946, who introduced him right. to my mother. Long Beach, Paul was a Long Beach, New York. Paul was a lifeguard, but uh, right. they they broke all kinds of box office records with these two right. old barely wrestlers. I mean, Dory Punk was a senior, was a good amateur wrestler and pretty good promoter in his day, and right. they've been around the world, you know, and. Uh, Paul Bosch was pretty much landlocked. He never went much beyond Texas or New York City. And right. for him to get in the ring and sell out, and I don't know if they had any uh, future angles. I don't think they were able to muster a rematch. Right. I mean, they, 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 when it made the news, you know, like in, in wrestling right. circles, that uh, you know, they, they got a wealth of talent. They're all the Von Erichs and the Funks and tons of other guys right. coming and going, and all the Mexicans. And the, these two old kind of guys from a way gone way you know from dinosaur era come out out of the blue and sell out that was because Dory was such a good wrestler right. in the day and they remembered him like my dad and Paul Bosch was uh, the commentator or promoter or something so he was current and all you had to do right. was have the, the heel act the right way uh, or you know be too aggressive or uh, you know and, and, and I won't take up your time I know you got to teach uh, no I hear some, you well you know, yeah. and I, it's funny Jack you say Pesek, all that, though. Who, uh, his father was a considered world champion, Jack Tiger Pesek, and Frank Balwa, who was a Giants manager till he died. Uh, Balwa died. He, you know, on a day where we had actually three bookings in the same day, three towns running, and we forgot about one in the Kinsman in a little town called Tabor, called my dad up about noon and said, when would the wrestlers be arriving? And my dad is like, uh, um, uh, and he's going to bring the phone and ask my mother, do we have a show on Tabor today? And she's saying, yeah, we do. So he said, it'll be along soon, and uh, let me call you back, and I'll give you a more specific time. He gets me out of bed or whatever. I'm not saying I was in bed at 12 noon, but he says, can you get that old bus running and 
we have a we got a, a trailer we can put that ring on and you know bump up those tires. All of a sudden, I got a bunch of guys. I got two midgets, right. one of which was injured, and the other one was you know didn't go because his uh, you know partner or whatever was injured, and right. uh, we didn't really need them. But this was like after Stampede Week or during the Stampede Week where we had world champions and lady wrestlers and uh, you know all all, all the tag belts and stuff all on contend contention and so. Right. Dave uh, Rule, who was pretty old and Booker in his, in his own right, is going to that one horse town Tabor, and he says to Galois and uh, Pasek, he says, "Can you guys go 20 minutes through?" And they both said, "Sure." And they both had their gear with them and all that. Pasek was on sick relief, whatever, because the stomper had pulled his uh, calf muscle halfway up his and went up to his knee in the back there. He was pulling. He did the thing on the ro- on the uh, apron. But it caught a kind of board that was sticking out and just right. caught the calf muscle. Which Banging back. Jack had very pronounced, uh, he had oh. kicking records. <laughs> yeah, he had very pronounced calves, and it just snapped off the tendon and went up his... It was just very painful, and he wasn't going to get it operated on at his age. He was just going to live with it. But they watched right. around. They never... They couldn't take any bumps or go through the ropes hardly without looking like hell or not being able right. to get back in or killing themselves. But they waltzed around, and... It was 90 degrees, 100 degrees in that horrible building, and I'm there exhausted from rushing and setting the ring up and even refereeing some matches. And then all of a sudden, I see Pesic slap Valois in the face. (laughs) Valois and fans are going nuts. It's the opening match. And uh, we're taking from a state of anticipation to participation. Then another five minutes go by, and finally uh, Pesic... So Valois slapped Pesic in the face this time. Now it's really now they really got something to go on and they're really after each other and the bell rang at twenty minutes and they're ready to kill each other. But nothing ever happened. They never didn't do shit. They hardly exchanged punches. Oh spit slaps. But they fucking brought the crowd they got the crowd into it. The crowd knew they were old old fuckers, you know, like poor decrepit old bastards that looked not bad for their ages but you know. Still well, I think the really point. In. I think the point of what you're saying, you know, uh, and and like I said, I I said I see him a lot. I'm not saying I know him too well, but you know, I did try to mention to uh, to Hogan about the the China thing, and I thought, you know, imagine the Chinese people. I think would be, you know, they'd be amazed to see somebody like Hogan up end up there. So who knows? Maybe when I bump into him one of these days, he'll he'll take me seriously on that. Maybe talk to. Yeah, yeah. Rob, so. I, I, well, I, why not? You know. I definitely saying, hope but. so. Uh, the fans would definitely like to see Hogan in China. And, yeah, they don't uh, you know, know Hogan's they don't a know the, uh, Hogan's a big deal. I was gonna say Hogan's a big deal, no matter where he goes. Um, but anyway, like well, I was gonna, uh, yeah, and like I was gonna say, um, because we're we're r- definitely running down on the time. Yeah, that's all right, man. Um, if you have stuff, I was gonna say, if you have stuff that you wanna plug, you send it to me through my Facebook, and I'll you. make sure I plug it. And also, I have a show too. If you want, to, I was gonna say, if you want to come on my show, I got a show called Pro, um, called um, I almost forgot what the hell my show is called, Smith. Because oh, I've been working with you. It's called Pro Wrestler <laughs> Now. It's called I got it. It's called Pro Wrestler Now with Magic Mike Ferrara. So that's uh, right, you know, you want to come well, on my show, you, you can plug all your course. stuff, brother. Uh, anytime, man. Yeah, You're a no good problem. guy. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Like I said, just let me know, man. I'll do it if, as long as I'm around. You got, it. Time, the, you, you got it. If you have time, you got it. Yeah, no problem. What's your What's All your right. real surname, uh, Mr. Cooter? 
with my real name on the area. Oh, is that Chase uh, I don't There know. he goes. And I, I told I, I Nah, you don't have to. I told them gimmicks. I'm not, I'm not, I told them gimmicks. I'm not, I'm not IRS. I am, however, uh, Revenue Canada. But that's besides the point. <laughs> All right. So uh, on that, on that, on that note, on that note, I'll just say thank you for being on the show, Mr. Cooter, oh, Earl Cooter. Yeah, you're you're you the man, brother. I'm bowing down to you right now, Smith. You want to say goodbye to Mr. Cooter? It's been a pleasure, uh, Mr. Cooter, and I look forward to talking to you again in the future. And uh, say hi to the boys. You'll see some of the ones that we know mutually. Right. Right. I will. Will do. I appreciate everything. It's great to talk to you and hear some of those stories. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, we're, Thank we're, you we're gonna bring. I'm gonna bring you back on. I'll. You know what? Forget my show. I'll bring you back on Smith's uh, show another time, right, and, and you guys can reminisce because you know Smith is suffering, unfortunately, from the, that bad disease, but cancer. But Smith's gonna beat it. Smith's a fighter. He's yeah, a heart. Yeah, man. Just do what yeah, you gotta I do. Hang in there. No sense. Just, you know. Thank you very much. Uh, get all my all fans right. to send me Phoenix oil. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. <laughs> it'll be good. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's what I keep hearing from Billy Corgan and uh, Tommy Chong, or a couple yeah. guys that uh, rated highly. Gotcha. Okay, so. right. okay, appreciate well, anyway, that. Thanks, uh, Earl, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. All right, all the best, guys. Take care. Travel safe, Earl. You got it. Thank now. you. Thank you, brother. I'll talk to you later. Okay. All right. Well, with that being said, guess what? It is it is uh what do you call it? that was Earl Cooter. That was fun. That was a nice little interview, right, uh, Smith? Yeah, yeah. All right, now, now, now it is it is definitely uh, time um, to take a commercial. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to slip a commercial in. It'll only be three minutes. Uh, we have to pay the bills to keep the lights on. So, ladies and gentlemen, here's a commercial, and uh, the, the Heart Grapevine will be back with Smith. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence, or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. 
Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our wacky stores page on Facebook. All right, commercial time over, and we are back with the Heart Grapevine, episode number 27. We are on Totally Driven Entertainment Network, Radio Network. Um, You know, like I said, get driven, stay driven. And, uh, you know, now we're going to, now, Smith, you're going to meet a great guy. I'm going to bring a great guy on. I first met him at Body Slam, wrestling organization, I've had him on my show many a times, and he'll still be on my show many a times. He's always welcome. He, uh, his name is Steve Off. He currently wrestles for Pro Wrestling Magic. He actually he was the BWO Body Slam Heavyweight Champion. He won a lot of accolades for that company. Um, great guy, a great guy. And right now, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to bring on. Steve, off. Steve, welcome to Mike, the show, yes, my how friend. How you guys doing? Hey, what's up, buddy? Okay, how are you, Steve? Pretty good, man. Still a little beat up. Just did a dog collar match. You were there, you know. But uh, yeah, I'm beaten up. But other than that, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, you know, pretty uh, some pretty some pretty uh, pretty entertaining stuff that went on with that dog collar match, and, uh, and before we, uh, you know, and that's why the new year is, uh, coming, and, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, you're gonna be on my show, you know, and, uh, well, yeah, we'll, uh, you know, we'll talk about all that stuff, but tonight I brought yeah, you yeah. here to where you can meet Smith and be on Smith's show, and of course we're gonna talk about pro wrestling, you know, the whole magic deal and stuff, because that's, a, that's mm-hmm. a great organization, you guys gotta get down with it, I'm down with it, hey, I was there, okay? You promised me a great event, Smith. I told Smith earlier about this event. Call me later. And you promised me that this this is a great event, and, and look at look at what happened. The, the matches that were on this card were, were just top to bottom. You can't beat it, you know? All the talent from every aspect of the wrestling business. Steve, I've got to tell you, man, you guys topped yourselves down there. 
Yeah, top to bottom. We had like nine main event quality matches on a loaded card. It, you know, not to toot our own horn, but to toot. I think it was a good show. I mean, I'm always my own biggest critic of my work personally, but the rest of the show was just, yeah. you know, and I thought my match was good, but the rest of the show was just off the charts. And, man, I couldn't be prouder to be a part of something like that. Yeah, you can yeah, learn from I your uh, victories as much as you can from your I was, uh, I was there losses. at the first show. Uh, but, Smith, you have any questions for Steve? You could just go right in there. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Steve. I appreciate your time. Uh, it's an honor to be here. And uh, I heard that it was a hell of a card that you were just recently on uh, from uh, Mike earlier. And mm-hmm. uh, you win, lose, or draw, you can always learn from yourself or from anybody else uh, that you're watching that is Obviously, in the professional wrestling, uh, you know, wins hardly mean anything, uh, you know, mm-hmm. from a, kind of a legitimate point of view. But at the same time, uh, the worst match, let's just say, on the card or the worst wrestlers on the card will teach you mm-hmm. something what not to do, if, if, if not a lot more awesome. than that. You know, and uh, I always encourage uh, any students of mine or uh, aspiring wrestlers to watch all the wrestling they can, live wrestling, and watch how the fans react to something that uh, stinks or something that's never been done before and is pulled off like uh, clockwork with good mm-hmm. timing, good good point. You know, there's no point in doing something fancy at the wrong time, you know. Uh, it'll mean so much more at a certain point in the match. Well, people don't know that. Uh, they Some people never know that. Just when the, the fans are getting hot, they run out of the ring and run halfway up the uh, stairs or something. You know, and the baby has baby face usually has no choice but to go out and beat them back down. And that danger uh, gets the commission on your back if there is any commission. Stuff like that. You know, things don't have to get you. Know, just when you know your trade, you can just sort of pace, mark time, and uh, keep the fans going, keep the generator going, get, rev it up a little bit now and then, and just, you know, at the end of the match, maybe it's running on a little higher level than it was, which brings on the second match, which can be a worse match than the first. The opening match is, is as important as the uh, main event. Yeah. It's, you know, taking the fans from that state of anticipation to participation, as I said earlier. Yeah. Well, and, uh, well, I think I think it's also I think it's also pl- placement on where the match is. I mean, that's you know, it's just yeah. that's how, sometimes that's very that that is very important. So I mean, I you know I, I like I said I I the only thing that I'm upset with and and Steve and this is the truth and I want Paul London on this show because I'm singing that damn song, man. What the hell is up with this? <laughs> I'm singing "You're Never Too Young to Die" and I want to I want to cry when I'm singing, you know. Uh, I, I got to tell Smith that story. Smith, uh, over the yeah. weekend, Paul London wrestled on Sunday. Paul uh, London wrestled the guy I was telling you about, Leo Leo Rush. And in the beginning, uh, all of a sudden in the beginning, we hear this music coming out. And all of a sudden, I didn't even realize myself I was, I was caught up in it. All of a sudden, he sings a, a song. It's Paul London from you know WWE. And he's in like what I what I said was like a heart onesie. I was like, why is he in a heart onesie? Anyway, mm-hmm. you know, very entertaining stuff, and the crowd's just going crazy. And they're looking at him, and nobody knows how to react. The referees, the cameramen, everybody's like, what the hell's going on? He not only not only did he sing, he wrestled. Then after 
after his match, him, him and, and he starts dancing with Leo Rush. The crowd ate it up, and you know what? He he and he, and they wanted more. They wanted him to sing another song, Steve. Yeah, and I had to follow that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what I was gonna do. That's what I was gonna talk to you about too, bro. But mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know that's, really that's why I said placement uh, on the card is important. Go ahead, Smith. And most of the main events I ever saw, whether it was uh, you know two heels against each other or the. Uh, you know, another one of many baby faces challenging the the uh, heel champion, mm-hmm. top dog. Uh, those matches were never, uh, you know, alluded to or permitted uh, either of the guys singing to each other or being nice to each other in any way. It was cold <laughs> hatred. It was uh, just fans hated both wrestlers and feared them both. And it was mostly the one that was least recent that they liked, you know, the one that was the former, the hated guy until Abdullah came in and, you know, broke all his box office records and slaughtered guys mm-hmm. twice as fast and twice as bloody a manner. Um, you know, I remember when Steve Austin uh, and uh, um, The Rock were singing uh, some sick song by Jimmy Pop and Margarita Bill to each other and hanging the mic back and yeah. forth to each other. And those mm-hmm. um, brain-dead fans in uh, New York City might have somehow, uh, in fact, I don't even know if it was in New York, wherever it took place, but uh, they, they sort of ate it up. I know Howard Pinkel or somebody prepped them for it long before the cameras came on, but uh, it was, uh, it, 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 it stunk. I didn't like it at all. I didn't get it. You know, it'd uh, be like Frazier. It'd be like... Uh, um, Holyfield and Mike Tyson singing to each other after uh, Tyson bit his oh, really guy's ear. Yeah, no. Never see that. I, just, I wouldn't want, first yeah. of all, Mike Tyson has a horrible voice. I wouldn't want him to sing. And by the way, I resent that, all right? He's been brain dead fan from New York. I'm sorry. Hold on a second. Wasting away again in Margaritaville. Oh, sorry. Okay, so you're not from New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> On that note, the whole point of the story, Smith, was that the place popped for it, okay? And, and you how know many, what? Uh, the how, many were, how big the crowd, how many people were there just out of curiosity? Just... So, Steve, could tell you that. 300, maybe 320, 330, somewhere around there. Oh, I see. Yeah. You know, you should be able to draw with that kind of a roster, and I didn't hear every name on there, but uh, you think uh, you So could... uh, if you want me, I can run down the list. I have it in front of me if you, if you want. Sure. Steve, I have the uh, the card. Okay. Well, we I'll, I'll go top to bottom, I guess. Um, we have uh, first time ever, Cody Rhodes. With Brandy Rhodes, he took on J.T. Dunn. Okay. Then we yeah. had for the Pro Wrestling Magic Championship match, Juan Francisco de Coronado champion versus Ricky Martinez. Um, then they had a Keys to the Kingdom tournament finals. Keith Lee versus Pinky Sanchez versus E.C. Negro versus a masked man by the name of Smiley. Smiley. Then, Pro Wrestling Magic cha- Tag Team Championship match. The da- this was a stipulation falls count anywhere. Elimination of tables, ladders, and chairs decided via 
Twitter fan vote voting. The champions, the down boys, defending their titles against Alpha Sigma Sigma versus Private Party versus the amazing Graysons. Then we had a Pro Wrestling Magic Dark Arts Championship. Uh, the God of Drivers, Everett Cross champion versus Joey Ryan. Then we had a first time ever uh, Paul, Lo- uh, Paul London versus Leo Rush, and what I what I said was a dream. I said it was a dream match. That's how I looked at it when I seen it on the card. I was like, wow, this is a dream match. Anyway, dog collar match. And what did you think George afterwards? Julio- uh, you, you thought it was a dream oh, match I it was right? Every- yes. Yep, and I thought and it was afterwards. everything. I thought it was, right, and I thought it was everything it was supposed to be. Just I'm just gonna finish with this dog collar match. Steve Off versus his old partner, and I'll let him tell you about it. Who's Trap Lash? And then this is a big one, though. The thousand dollar Magic Invitational. It was like a battle royal, kind of a Royal Rumble deal. It was. Really, really good. It was uh, the wrestlers were T.J. Marconi versus Tripolicious versus Magic versus Matt Sells versus Danger Jameson versus Matthias Glass versus Mike Donovan versus Aaron Bradley versus Maddie Ice versus Mike Gar- Mike Gar- and I probably butchered his name versus Peacemaker <laughs> versus Mike Law versus Sebastian Cage. Versus Adam Page, and I will say this, and also appearing was woman was is was uh, pro wrestling magic uh, pro wrestling magic's woman champion Sonia Strong, and and uh, what do you call? And you know what? Sonia won the thing. Wow, she won it. What do you think about that, Smith? Well, it's a heavy card. If you can draw more, I don't know when they run the next show there or if they uh, link uh, one show to another, but, you know, that's one of the aspects of wrestling is you get a decent crowd of three or 400 people, you want to bring them back in a few more hundred, you know, mm-hmm. if you give them enough to talk about and mm-hmm. let them know uh, that there's a, you know, a second coming or another uh uh, you know, sequel down the road, whether it's a month or two months or six months away, you can stick mm-hmm. to your guns and get the same participants, same main event back in there, plus some mm-hmm. new stuff. You know, and attractions always help if you can get some midgets or lady wrestlers or something to add to it. But, you know, to what you've already got on film and what's already been, uh, you know, kind of exposed. You know, you can only right. get new stuff, and it'll draw because of its uh, nature. You know, you got an 800-pound guy that's never uh, been taken off his feet, or, uh, you know, he might stink when when you see him, but, uh, you know, you, if he's 800 pounds and he's six foot two, seven foot three, or whatever, that all helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, I, I got a... Uh, yeah, you just want to, you know, I was gonna say, I got a question. I got a question capture for you. an audience and bring oh, them back, or keep them buying mm-hmm. your discs or your, uh, you know, following you on on the computer or whatever uh, right. until that next show. You know, uh, it all helps. You know, and, you know, if they tune into these radio shows, you can even plug them at live wrestling shows. You see, uh, you know, as if it's just this, you know, a commercial ad that Mike paid for or somebody. 
you know, watch Smith Hart or listen to, you know, Smith Hart with his interesting guests like you. Oh, that's that's very that's, cool. He is an interesting guy. He's a great, uh, great guy, and he is an in- interesting uh, guest. You know, he just talked mm-hmm. about something. Smith just talked about something, and I gotta tell you, Steve, I was, mm-hmm. and and this is the God's honest truth. Keith Lee, he must weigh about what three hundred and and change, and he's a thick dude too. Big dude. Yeah, he's a big boy. He's about right? probably three thirty. I would never expect uh-huh. him. To be flying through the air versus Kinky Sanchez versus Easy Negro and Smiley, I, I I was like flabbergasted when I seen that. Yeah, he's like the last one in that match you'd expect to do that when you look at him. But then he goes flying around like cruiserweight. It was awesome though, very cool. But the funny part is when I told him that I was like I couldn't believe it. You know I said I said but you're a big guy and you know what he told me he says. Yeah, I'm a big guy, but he goes, I'm an athlete, he goes. He, that's what he said to me. He says, I'm an athlete. And he goes, uh, yeah, I don't want to do big man, big man moves. And you know what, Steve, that's a, that's, that's a great uh, attribute. Um, yeah, but uh, how, have your, how have your cards have been as, as far as drawing? You draw good numbers. Um, I mean, this is the best number we've had. It's been like on a constant rise. There, there was one that was really bad because it was like a fundraiser for – pediatric cancer, but unfortunately either the school didn't do anything or the kids didn't care, which is a shame. Uh, one way or the other, yeah, it didn't it draw very well. But other than that, we've been constant at least 100, 150. We hit, you know, just over 300 this time. So it's, it's on a constant rise. Hopefully to keep rising and hopefully we'll outgrow the venue that we have now that maybe fits, you know, 350, 400. And hopefully we'll soon need a new venue, a bigger one. We could pack them in and be hanging yeah. from the rafters and all that lovely stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a great. Keep it's open. definitely. I. That's Steve. No, no, I was them. <laughs> no, no, no that's where uh, a good good mind for wrestling can, uh, you know, make a big difference. You know, you don't have to add a dollar to your uh, roster or mm-hmm. any transportation cost or any of that stuff. If you just come up with superior rematches, you know, and you don't want everything to be a rematch, obviously, but no. in strategic uh, aspects of the card, you maybe want the main events and maybe a tag situation somewhere along the line to have some mm-hmm. justice the next go-around or something that's uh, mm-hmm. enticing to the crowd. They want to see this team get the shit kicked out of them <laughs> or this uh, <laughs> villain so, solo we, guy get, get the, stripped of his title or whatever. You know, yep. it's uh, so you got if if you got to, you know, it's partly promotional, it's partly uh, creative, imaginative. You know, like Einstein said that imagination is greater than education. No, it's greater mm-hmm. than knowledge. And I kind of agree with him. Uh, knowledge is fixed. Imagination is uh, unlimited. You know, it's absolutely uh, infinite, infinite. So, um, but. Uh, you know, and you got to know a little bit about, you know, if you're local, you are you have an advantage over an, you know, a guy that's just flying through, you know, uh, bringing mm-hmm. a, you know, like a carnival through the, the, the Western Canada or something in the summer. Or uh, you got an advantage if you're a former wrestler yourself, you know, uh, you know, you can help guys with uh, injuries and improving themselves uh, anytime you see a, uh, an occasion to, you know, tweak them a little bit and improve them. And, mm. 
let them understand what you understand and uh, do it well, you know, don't insult them or, you know, some guys can't yeah. take criticism. You got to be, you know, kind of a, a diplomat at the same time. You know, some wrestlers are really, you know, they don't want to have any criticism. They think they've arrived and you can't tell them anything. Well, my old man would have way. Steve and I know a couple yeah. of people like that. <laughs> yeah, they're, I know they're it was very funny. Uh, thankfully, but Terry <laughs> Punk came in after Dory was uh, dethroned, and uh, he, uh, well, what'd you think of that, Stu? And Stu didn't say you and Harley sucked. He just said your brother Dory had some really good matches with the Stomper or with Billy Robinson or Dory. Dory never failed to get the crowd going or something. And after that, Terry came in with. Dory as a tag partner, and they weren't champions, or uh, they weren't, you know, world champions anyway. But they every time Terry uh, saw Stu at some function, whether it was in Calgary or Las Vegas or wherever, he'd always bring that up about, uh, you know, I'm never going to ask how I how I did Stu or something. You you always just bring up Dory's name and all that. And I know I stunk or I sucked or whatever. And he wasn't bad. He was he did all right. But I think uh, whoever he was fighting had an injury or. Some such thing, or he, 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 it was a short uh, book thing with no build up to it or something. But mm-hmm. Dory was the man, and Terry was, you know, outside the ring was the man, you might say. You know, he was wild outside the ring, where Dory was right. a little more laid back and uh, business like. Right. You wouldn't see Dory shooting out all lights uh, approaching that town or something with a handgun <laughs> that was illegal or, you know, <laughs> doing this and that, you know. Roaring in with Harley Race, drunk, you know, about 200 miles an hour in some souped-up car and stuff. Mm. You know, you wouldn't, the hey. story would be, yep. Hey, Smith, I got to cut Smith off, Steve, because I want him to do me a favor. Can you do me a favor while we have Steve on the phone? Tell him my favorite story of yours is the Andre the Giant story. You got to tell him that one. Okay. Um Andre came into uh, Calgary knowing that he had 10 days uh, to wrestle in Canada, and uh, but he didn't know that we had a couple of bookings in uh, Montana, you know, U.S. territory. So, uh, and uh, he was under uh, contract to Vince McMahon Sr. at the time. So uh, he comes into Calgary, and my dad wants to, you know, me to get him. To, he's not answering his phone, and uh, we knew the people at the hotel. And they said, "Yeah, he's in the lobby. He's in the. He's having uh, dinner with a with a dancer. You know, a girl with a 54 inch bust, Babette Bardo. She spoke French at least, and was reputed to be a cousin of uh, Bridget Bardo. But anyhow, she was legitimate. She had huge breasts, no no silicone or anything. And uh, Andre knew her from previous uh, Stampede weeks, and He's sitting down having surf and turf with this fairly beautiful girl. And I walk in and say, okay, let's go, big boy. You're off to Billings, and he's no boss. And he told me the contract, blah, blah, blah. You know, when it expires, uh, it's okay if he's still in Canada, but when it's expired and he's still in the United States, he's not going to get back into Canada to finish Mm -hmm. up the second round of Stampede Week or whatever, next, you know, whatever. The Stampede Week lasts uh, like 10 days, so sometimes you'd have two dates in the 10-day period. So, anyway, that's what he explained to me. So my, I, I phoned my dad and say, blah, blah, blah. And she says, I don't care, get him on the plane. So I, <laughs> he didn't even want to talk to my dad. He just he took the new ploy of just stalling so much that we were never going to make it. I wouldn't even get to the airport in time. 
but he didn't know my tenacity and how fast old Sue's car would go, and especially down the wrong streets and not stopping at stoplights and all that. So sooner or later, I got some cop following me. He can't even keep up. He's in a you know, he's a desk sergeant driving a gutless uh, old car that's on his last legs. And uh, when he gets to the airport, my doors were wide open. I'm dragging the baggage for the giant. He's slowly ambering like he's crippled. You know, he might have been. And uh, so we get all the luggage in, and I get him into customs, and he's gone. He's done. I come out, and there's Brett trying to reason with this cop about why I shouldn't be hauled off to jail. Like, I immediately went down a one-way street right at the police station when I left the, the, where I parked to get the giant. And uh, I, I sped everywhere, ran any light that I could safely uh, run, you know. And uh, Andre's all over the place in the back seat of this limo. He's holding the ceiling, you know, so he doesn't fall left or right. And I was, I was pretty good on the brakes and stuff. I didn't hit anything hard, but I'm, I'm going fast. And I got him there. And sure enough, when he's finished in Billings, Montana, he can't cross the border. Well, man's getting Vince Sr. on the phone at midnight on a Sunday saying, what can you do? I need him tomorrow for the stampede parade or something. And so they pulled the strings and they got him the right temporary visa to come into Canada. So he wasn't American. He wasn't Canadian. He wasn't a British subject. He was fucking Yugoslavian Frenchman and had no status in the States at that time or if ever. I don't know if he ever did, but... Anyway, we got him in, and it was all, but he said, never again, never, ever ride one of my dad's cars or have me chauffeur him, not, not at all, like he was furious. He, I, the worst part is I got him there, you know, that's why he hated it. It wasn't so bad, he liked the ride, he, Andre was a funny guy, he probably enjoyed the scary ride, but he didn't want to, he had to leave his lobster behind and his, his uh, little trollop and, uh, you know, a $500 oh, hotel. You know, it's probably about a bucks a day to keep him in a special bed. Oh. And, uh, you know, a 54-inch bust of a girl who she'd be in the parade the next day with him. That was sort of, we made up for that and let him hold her hand the whole time in front of about half a million people in the parade. <laughs> uh, uh, I think, uh, yeah, okay. I, okay, I think we can move on from that awesome. story. By the way, yeah. you know, listen, by the way, you can't make this stuff up. If you want to read that story, I read it in Brehart's book. I don't know if you did, Steve, but... It's in there, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons why I love Smith, because Smith has some great heart stories. So if you have any questions for Smith about anything, the heart family, anything, you just yeah, ask, ask away, Steve. I don't really know you, uh, Steve, but uh, mm-hmm. you know I've heard good things about you, and if you're in the uh, feature match <laughs> with the dog callers and all that, and uh, that's oh, uh, yeah. you know that speaks for itself. Oh man. But feel free to ask me anything that you might want to know about or any advice that I could pass on to you because I'm happy to take advantage and do it at this time. Cool, of course. And if you have any yeah, questions um, about, uh, you know, uh, her, uh, you know, homosexuality, oh, that's my oh, department. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, you, me, you, like, you know, I, between, you know what, between, between. You know, you're breaking up too often, no. he'll just hang up. I mean, that's what he does. Can, I mean, if can, I get too pushy about heterosexual, okay, no, he'll oh, hang up. Oh, my goodness. Can you stop? So First of all, between, between, between Smith. All the way in Canada. I, okay, I have to deal with that, but I also have to deal with a a, a three hundred and like I don't know what the hell he is these days. Um, what do you call magic? We're talking about that, calling me all kinds of names, and 
The bad part is, is that when the buffet is closed, I have to hear about it. I mean, this is ridiculous <laughs> between this and that, and I got to hear about, I got, oh, my goodness. I, I, I don't even know where to go from. Where do we go from here? <laughs> you know, no, no, um, lots, anyway, of, uh, lots of, lots of uh, supporters in New York, and uh, they'll, 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 and Mikey always you know, it you know, do you want to hear? You gotta hear this 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 funny story. We were in um, we were in Jersey, at Fort River. That's where we were, Fort River, and and uh, the year was nineteen nineteen. The year was two thousand and nine, and Steve mm-hmm. was world champion of BWO at the time, and Magic was U.S. champion at the time, and I was Magic sign guy. And we had to face this guy, but well, Magic had to face this guy by the name of Dirty Don Montoya. When we got in the ring, Don Montoya looked at us and said, "You know, guys, it's legal now. It's going to be legal soon. You guys can marry each other." Do you know <laughs> that people to this day always ask me if me and Magic got married. Well, That's did you? perfect. Uh, that proves my point. We did, but we got divorced. Oh, I'm sorry, I rest my case. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry for you, dude. <laughs> but anyway, and then uh, I forget who did you wrestle on the card, Steve, that night too. Um, oh, trying to yeah, I actually remember that night too. Uh, Preacher. Preach. That's right. Okay. Oh. Well, you did. You did wrestle Preacher. Wow, that's cool. All right. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't remember. Uh, I couldn't remember who you were feuding with at that at that time. Oh wait, you were feuding with. Uh, with Don Montoya, you must have switched it up because we got Don for the uh, for the uh, for the um, U.S. title, which was uh, which was cool at that time. But yeah, anyway, like, another ran... funny story was was Magic tells me to go hit hands off this big bodyguard for Steve. He says, "What would you do if Mikey slapped you in the back of the head? Uh, you know, like ran out during a match and slapped him in the back of the head. Like, I mean, where the hell does Magic come up with this uh, stuff?" <laughs> I think I he's supposed know. to see what would happen to you, and I mean, you know, I don't blame him. It'd be funny as hell. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. He tried to get rid of me a couple. Of, thanks a lot. He tried. He tried to get rid of me a couple of uh, times. Matter of fact, pro wrestling magic security guards were roughing me up because they like. I guess they they like me too much. They want to rough me. Uh, they want to rough me up. Well, whatever. But uh, but yeah. So that that's, uh, so that yeah. So that's to your point, Smith. No, all right. You may think yeah, that, kind of but I, I'm definitely. All right, whatever. Anyway, I'm definitely in for the <laughs> women. Please, if I was like that, maybe yeah, my luck yeah, would I change, and I'd have be better luck. By women. Huh. Yeah. Hmm? Anyway, anyway. Uh, so let's c- continue <laughs> this uh, this show. So now I don't even know where to go from here. All right. So let's get back into the uh, into the thing. So, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, you can ask him anything. Um, he was talking. Actually, you know what? Forget this, because Smith was talking about attractions. Did you mm-hmm. know that Stu Hart once wrestled a bear? Yeah, I'd read he about that. I wish I could find it on YouTube, bear. but I mean, I, I, that's awesome. I thought it was a bear. It wasn't a bear. Didn't he wrestle both, a bear and the tiger? Both. Yeah, he wrestled he, both, right? Yeah, one, yeah. See, the tiger was way more, uh, much more of an adversary. The tiger had all its claws, all its teeth, no muzzle. Um, oh wow! The young tiger, female, mind you, but uh, um, and you know the guy on the chain holding the tiger back, you know, was 
this is not part of the Tigers Act either. The wrestling bear did this every day of the year, except maybe when he hibernated a few months. And uh, mm-hmm. the wrestling bear was castrated, blind in one eye, all its teeth removed, wore a muzzle anyway, and still bit a wrestler's finger off with just his gums. Uh, and he was usually drunk. And, uh, you know, in the winter he was tired. He didn't want to wrestle. He had to wake him up and wash him, hose him down and get him ready, you know, pull, drag him out of a slumber in his cage, sometimes under my dad's porch. But uh, so the uh, head of the exhibition board, uh, the guy that uh, brought in the uh, 88 Winter Olympics to Canada, Bill Pratt and his partner, uh, Frank King, Pratt asked my dad as a favor to him, could he plug the? Uh, could he? Could one of the wrestlers wrestle uh, the Ringling Brothers uh, Tiger, one of their tigers, just to kind of bring some of our? We sold out both nights in the same building that they were going to come into the next day, and they were going to be there for like seven days. So and we ran back to back two days in a row, which was shitty because you couldn't really have time to plug anything in between time. But whatever, we got loyal fans and we sold out. So. None of the wrestlers would do it. They all, because we used to shut down the summer season after Stampede Week. We wouldn't run till Abdullah kept my dad open, and we realized how much momentum we would lose uh, by shutting down with no TV and this and that. So uh, back in those days, though, they said, "What's the point, Stu? What's in it for you? There's no. I'm not going to wrestle a tiger. I don't. You know, what tiger? You know, this is a big wild tiger. Weighed about 450 pounds." And, uh, you know, a 450-pound tiger is one thing, and a 450-pound man doesn't compare. And my dad wouldn't have been more than 240 pounds on it, in his own weight, you know, so he's way lighter than a tiger. But he uh, he did it as a favor for the goodwill of the, the exhibition board and all that, and he, he had a lot of respect for Bill Pratt. So they bring out the tiger. It's not gonna. It's just thrown in like during, when there's intermission. All of a sudden, hey everybody, we got a special match coming up or whatever. Right after intermission, or whatever, <laughs> Stu Hart's gonna wrestle a wild tiger from the Ringling Brothers Circus. So my dad waltzed around with the tiger and uh, actually tried to give it an arm drag, and the tiger didn't go for it, and he landed on. It. She came right down on my dad, knowing like she 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 saw how my dad pulled you know fell away from her and. She didn't go down with him. She just fell right on him. So my dad, you know, basically squirmed out under the ropes and got back in. And this time when he locked up, the tiger locked up like an old pro. Not a problem at all. One hand behind your neck and the other hand kind of right on your your elbow. It's amazing how they just know how to do that. And my dad just kept walking her backwards pretty much to kill time. And I think he tried another arm drag or another leg uh, drag sweep or whatever and uh, dropped a hold. No, no way. The tiger didn't, didn't get that, didn't get caught in that at all. And, you know, the tiger again on top of my dad. So my dad's hugging the tiger and squirming around, getting up on top of it. And then one time he grabbed the tiger's uh, cheek muscles and he said they were so strong that cheek was like a tennis ball with bristles coming at him. He said I couldn't believe how resilient it was, and that tiger was nothing but muscle everywhere. I mean, I don't know what it did in the circus, but uh, it was an athletic tiger, young tiger full of piss and vinegar if it wanted to be. But it was it was friendly with my dad, but my dad didn't do anything. He didn't try to jolt, you know, spook it or push it and then pull it or anything. He he tried to sort of settle in on it and 
even that, nothing really worked with the Tiger. I mean, it's just too, too, uh, you know, they put on a little show and all that, and uh, nobody mm. got pinned. It's like, you know, the last thing we've seen was my dad rolling out from under the ropes again, Tiger going, you know, looking to rip his ass out. It was real claws. There was no padding on it. And the kid, the kid didn't weigh 80 pounds, a little black kid on the end of the chain. He's not the lion tamer. He's just a guy that shovels shit after the show. And, uh, you know, but the wrestlers were all watching it. They all came out, every one of them, see this, see what Stu was going to do with this tiger for no real reason, just to help the lousy exhibition board who usually are too good at helping anybody in their own right. You know, basically they were feared as much as the commission or the TV. Uh, I won't use the word twink, but uh, in respect to you, but, uh, Anyway, yeah, these guys, my, you know, my dad always told wrestlers when they came in, they said, I don't want to hear any derogatory remarks about homos or uh, Jews because uh, everybody around here in the TV is just one or the other or both. So, uh, you know, I don't need to lose my show, uh, you know, if you're fired You're not going to lose your show. You're not going to lose your no. show. Oh, are you talking about your father said that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was talking about my dad's show in retrospect. But anyway, oh, I thought uh, you were going to say about you losing your show. You're not going to lose your show. Your show is here. Yeah, I know. And, uh, they, they embrace they embrace you there, and uh, you know, you're, you're, this is all good for you. But anyway, um, yeah. So you know, that's just, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how we got on the top. Oh, you you wanted to me? Uh, you asked me to tell him about yeah, the that was just, I, yeah. I brought I brought well, that then, up then, because then the, I wanted uh, to hear these wildlife. stories. Fish and Wildlife Department was putting on a show in the uh, one of the buildings in the Stampede, and they wanted my dad to come and wrestle a bear so they could draw more people. They were booked in this place for five, six days of sports exposition. They're showing the newest all-terrain vehicles and tents and guns and all the bullshit and equipment and stuff. So uh, mm-hmm. they they had a bear there. I don't know where it came from. Uh, you know, it's it sort of a tame wrestling bear. But it wasn't a wrestling bear at all. I mean, it was a tame uh, black bear, but uh, didn't have any wrestling uh, training. Is it? They all are natural bears and cats and dogs. Even some have a certain amount of wrestling ability. You know, they can hardly punch. Even though boxers sort of make a a stab at punching. That's how they got their name. But basically, uh, cats and you know even gophers and stuff fighting each other out in the field. They they wrestle. I've seen field mice wrestling, and I've even seen uh, wasps wrestling on the ground, drunk over over uh, fermented uh, crab apples. I see. I don't know if they're seeing each other, if it's friendly or what, but you could call it a drunken brawl because they're they don't even fly. They're they're, they're wobbling on the ground, drunk on uh, you know this sort of uh, fermented nectar. But. Uh, Anyway, uh, so my dad wrestled that little bear. He wasn't that big. I don't think the bear weighed 400, much over 400 pounds. But my dad didn't see the bear in advance or anything. He just said, sure, I'll come down and do it. We got, still got nothing for it, just the goodwill of, uh, mm. you know, doing something civic, you know. What, uh, was that the same people. bear that used to lick, was that the same bear that used to lick ice no. cream off of, uh, no, that's the one, that's what, that what I was, that's what I thought. That you was uh, that about. was the old original terrible Ted, and uh, that was not the same Ted, bear. Right, terrible yeah. Ted weighed six six hundred pounds. He was bigger bear. That's the one that uh, was wow. neutered. He actually bit Purple's Zabisco's finger off. Purple was usually in a state <laughs> of intoxication, and he uh, was hanging on to the muzzle, and somehow he stupidly 
slipped his little his baby fingers, you know, into the bear's <laughs> mouth right way back where it would do some damage, you know, where you got bad, uh, really good uh, leverage as far as crunching a finger goes. It's the front of the mouth. You don't have that much, but right there at the hinge, you know, he snapped mm-hmm. his finger right off. Purple never purple. Who was it? Purple Sabisco, was it? Purple, purple, F I R P O. Oh, purple. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's horrible. Uh, yeah, that's, so that's, that's stuff like that. You know, and in the summer, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, on the topic, yeah, I agree. While we were shut down in the summer, sometimes my dad would take bookings in the Maritimes or uh, um, go back to Texas or. Uh, possibly mm-hmm. New York or Chicago and pick up some money uh, during the summer because we, we didn't run in the summer. We shut down. And years mm-hmm. later, he bought a, a Clearwater Beach that all us kids would work on, and he'd have to, he couldn't travel then, and he didn't want too much then. Anyway, he'd take the odd trip to Alaska with uh, our own uh, crew of guys hauling a trailer and, you know, ringing and all that. But anyway, uh, he did stuff like in the summer, he'd wrestle in, in these carnivals. And they were, you know, these were legitimate, you know, tough guy kind of things, you know. You go five minutes with the champ or the guy that they're talking about, which is my dad. Uh, you get you get a 500 bucks or whatever the prize was. And uh, a lot of guys, you know, it's a cowboy element. A lot of times it's run in conjunction with a pair or a rodeo. So a lot of the guys that Stu had in there were, uh, you know, tough little, tough sized cowboys, really hardy, you know, they work hard and they're they're strong bastards. And, mm-hmm. you know, they don't really like brawling and all that. And, uh, you know, and every once in a while they bring in this good-looking little kid named George Drake. He committed suicide years later, but he was a good-looking little little blonde kid. He wanted to get into wrestling. He kind of was like Roddy Piper. He left home young and all that and really, really wanted to get into wrestling. He ends up in Calgary. My dad stretched the shit out of him and Realized the kid was resilient and not a bad kid, you know. So we used mm-hmm. him a little here and there, tried to break him in, and he'd take off. He'd, you know, no notice, he'd just go on, and then he'd show up again. But he was one of the ones that he looked at so innocent and young, and he was just barely big enough to be considered legitimately, you know, uh, realistically tough, even though there was no contest involved. It was all just a, a performance. <laughs> so he'd get in there, and he'd knock my dad on his ass. And that would really bring the people back, you know. And they go back and they expect to, they're going to kick the shit out of this George Drake. And then they say, oh, well, Stu beat him again after that or something. Stu, Stu snapped him in one of the outlying towns or something when they went to, you know, a 60 mile away town or something. Stu's now the ringer again. The kid is gone, but these guys are all lined up. They thought they'd have a crack at kicking the shit out of some young kid that lucked out or that they knew they could kill. Mm-hmm. And they end up getting Stu, who would maul ring him, ring him out pretty good. But you know, that was just a pay to Stu a weekly wage to kind of, you know, not waste a lot of time. You know, his amount of time down there might have been like eight hours a day or something. And uh, you know, it's more money than you'd make, uh, you know, delivering milk or pumping gas or whatever. What's what's you know, a, a hard you know depression era. Uh, mm-hmm promoter going to do if he's not promoting wrestling he's he's you know what's he going to do uh stack cordwood or cut logs or 
big potatoes. I mean, it wasn't much for anybody. It was a pre-war, post-war era. A lot of people are coming in here with nothing. You know, yeah, I see right. so much stuff thrown out nowadays that's either obsolete, you know, three years old and it's obsolete, or back in those days, a ballpoint pen was something you'd pick up on the ground and treasure it, you know, like, you say, like you know, like, save me buying one. And, you know, you could buy a ballpoint pen for as cheap as a nickel at a vending machine at school when I was in mm. high school. Or you could spend thousands right. on a gold, solid gold one, you know, spending where you, you know, fountain pen or whatever. But these stuff was mm. not thrown away. And when I go to these third world countries and wrestle, like Antigua and St. Lucia and, uh, you know, Trinidad or uh, Jamaica, there's nothing thrown away. The streets are full of garbage that can't be really used for anything, but you don't see a ballpoint pen spraying on the ground or a bobby pin mm. even, or a paper clip, because some hungry local guy has picked it up and he's going to make it into something. He's going to use it as part of, mm. you know, he needs some wire to wire some clams together. He's going to sell mm. as a necklace or something. They don't, mm. you know, back in those days, you, uh, it's a whole different era. It's not like today, wasteful mm. as it is. On, on that note, on, on that note, on that note, um, what do you call it today? One uh, in in the brain dead New York City, somebody picked up a ballpoint pen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. <clears throat> like I, if I don't have a pen on me, I'm, I feel naked. Like I, I uh, a pen is yeah. more important to me than my glasses sometimes. Like uh, you know. Yeah, well, get, and that's uh, like that's like a phone. That's like a phone. But Smith uh, Smith is funny though. Uh, he doesn't do any any technical stuff with phones, Facebooks. So if you see Smith on Facebook, it's not him. It's an imposter. Oh. So, uh, it's you know, imposter, so that... But at the same time, it's with my sanction. It's, uh, that I yeah, that that's true. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. It is. It, it's Otherwise, part, I, half, it. I, I guess, mean, half and half. You know, yeah, it's not like I'm getting anything out of it. I'm getting nothing out of it. I might get a contact here and there, but basically it's all... You know, just uh, me wanting to uh, connect with the fans and even some of the wrestlers, in fact, too. I like all the boys. I never fail to enjoy their company, uh, you know, on the road when I meet them at different uh, conventions and celebrations and whatnot. Very cool. Yeah. There's lots of things that I think uh, are unnecessary uh, that take place in wrestling constantly, like they switch titles, like they were, uh, you know, a dozen almost, you know, that's how they seem. Like, I don't think you right. respect gold or silver or any kind of gems of any worth in any of any, any of those belts. I'm not sure about the old one that player brought into the picture, but it's a kind mm. of a confusing big belt. looks like a gold pizza or something to me, but... Um, <laughs> Okay, in case you missed me, I'm back. Or not. Go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, in case you missed me, I'm back. I don't know what happened. I got booted off the uh, I got booted off the station. I don't know how that... Maybe somebody didn't like what I had to say or something. But anyway... Maybe they didn't anyway, like what I had to say earlier. I did <laughs> like what you had to say. Oh, can you stop? Any, any, <laughs> I don't know what happened. But like I was oh, going to say... Uh, Steve, um, Steve has been great, you know, having him on Absolutely. the show with us, talking, talking, you know, old school wrestling, talking with Smith. Love it. And, yeah, and how long have you stuff, wrestled, Steve? You've been wrestling for a uh, Yeah, go. of course, yeah. 
I've I've been going for a little bit. I'm uh, 13 or so years in, about 13 and a half or so, about to hit 14. Not feeling it yet, so I guess that's good. Yeah. Have you been to uh, Canada a few times? Uh, No, not yet. Love to come up there. No. I got a lot of contacts uh, in uh, in Ontario, or you know, if you come all the way to Western Canada, that's a lot of airfare, but. If you're close in, uh, you know, in Buffalo or somewhere, you can almost just drive in or, you know. Yeah, right. Come up there. That'd be guys. awesome. Yeah. And you got a bigger population there, too. I mean, uh, you got to draw more just by virtue of uh, the heavier populated cities closer together mm-hmm. and all that than up here. But uh, this, is, this is still wrestling country up here, and they like wrestling, even though uh, I don't think anybody's drawing more than. 300 people that I go, you know, and they, uh, you think that if they could consolidate themselves and maybe trim the fat and get the best of the best, even though yeah. it's all, you know, independent, which is not derived, I'm not uh, saying that in a derogatory sense, but this, uh, some of the greatest talents in the world has and continues to exist in uh, the independence. You know, if you're good, mm-hmm. you're going to be exposed and uh, discovered sooner or later, you know, with the size you have or the gimmick you got or the appeal uh, uh, you have or whatever, you know, sooner or later some the right person's going to uh, make note of you and you're going to get some kind of chance to, you know, take it from there. And mm-hmm. I hope that this still could happen for you, Steve. Man, I really hope so. Steve, I, uh, I, I believe. I was... So we'll see. <laughs> I was gonna say, Steve, you were at uh, you were in the you were at the E a couple of times. Yeah, I did a few little uh, extra spots, tryouts, nothing major, but you know, hopefully it's the beginning of something bigger down the road. You know, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I believe in myself, and eventually that might happen. And if it's not meant to be, uh, then you know, hopefully somewhere else. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly, and 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 not only that, but you know. You know this whole promotion, this whole pro wrestling magic. It's just like, it's just like, you know, you know. Here's how I put it. I'll put it this way: you you have a friend, let's just say, right? You have a a, a nice house, right? And yeah. then he gets a bigger house down the line, and you go into his house, and it's a great house, but also you feel welcomed in his house. You see what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to say, like, like I feel. Yep. When I when I go to Pro Wrestling Magic, I feel you guys are my family. You treat me with respect. We have that, you know. We have that respect because of where we came, you know, where Call we came from. Nowadays. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It's cool. It, it's mm-hmm. just it's just amazing to see it and to see somebody doing so well. You know, I've been to about I, I believe this would be my fourth. I, I want to say fourth, pro, you know, show and. It's just getting better, and it's getting bigger and better, better in a great sense, all the time, man. It's just, it's just things are happening for them, Smith. They're doing good things. They're making smart decisions, and they're giving the people what they want. They want entertainment. We're entertained. I'm still entertained. I'm, I'm buzzing about this. Uh, I, I, it's been since Sunday, and um, all I do is. Uh, you know, think about the great matches and, uh, you know, Steve, I mean, you and who's tra- trap lash or crap lash, whatever you want to call them, you guys went in there. <laughs> crap you, did, you did whatever you want to call them. Well, you did mm-hmm. the thing. And then, you know, other stuff occurred after, which was mind mind blowing. 
I can tell you that much. It was mind blowing, but at the same time, it was uh, it was uh, it was really uh, it was really great to see. It was great to see the crowd's reaction, and it was great to see everything. Um, but you're uh, but you have some dates, right? That's coming up. I do indeed. This uh, Saturday, actually, I don't know if you want to come down. BWO is running in South Jersey, so I'll be returning there. Yeah, uh, I would love to, oh, but uh, what do you call? Unfortunately, I'm unfortunately I'll be with my uh, my dad. Well, not unfortunately, I'll, I'll be with my dad, taking care of my dad, uh, okay. giving my mom cool, cool. Um, my mom a break. So uh, I'll gotcha. be home with him. I wish, uh, you know, I wish I could drive down there. Um, the last show that I was at was my last was the last time I worked for BWO, uh, and that was the last time I'm. You know, now I'm. I'm retired now, and, uh, you know, I haven't been managing or signed guy or whatever my gimmick is. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I would love, I would have loved to. Well, I always say that BWO uh, was my first home, and Preacher's a great, and Preacher is one of the best guys, you know? Yeah, now that he's finally recovered, you know, it's it's great that he's running again. And then we got Pro Wrestling yeah, Magic uh, coming back hot with uh, a show called Looks Like We Made It on January 21st. If you haven't caught that, Mike, that's a Barry Manilow song, and that's, I think, yeah, going to be the theme this year. <laughs> of course he caught it. Uh, just don't have Paul London come out and sing in it, please. Um, I'm not sure if he's uh, showing up or not at that show, but I'm sure he'll be back. No, I know. I'm, yeah. Uh, when when is uh, when does it look like we made it? It is Saturday, January, January. 1st. It's going to be the third Saturday monthly going forward. Oh, Keep it really? simple for everyone. Mm-hmm. That is uh, that. So that's that. Is, that's reminiscing, boy. That's reminiscing about you know, yeah. and that's what I love about. <laughs> that's what I love about 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 that. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's the one I'm gonna be. Uh, yeah, I didn't. There wasn't a title. I have it in my hand actually. The flyer. That's the one I told mm-hmm. my mom because my mom says, uh, "What's coming up next for you?" Because I want to tell her in advance, and I said Saturday, January twenty first. Don't make any plans for me. Please see if you can cover me because I want to go back to see my friends, um, uh, you know, all my friends uh, wrestle. Looks yeah, like you know you're always I know it was a – oh, yeah, and I, and I thank and – I, and I definitely thank you, you know. And there's the uh, – you know, every everybody was – like I said, they were buzzing for – they were buzzing for this, and, and um, we were all excited for it, Steve. Because, like mm-hmm. I said, you guys got gold. You guys got gold there, and you might as well capitalize it. Another thing, Smith, that you might not realize is that New Jersey, for some strange reason, New Jersey, the metro, the city, New York area, they're we're, we're, they're saturated with with yeah, uh, know you know they're is. saturated with independent wrestling. And like I was telling Steve one day. You know, maybe if some of these promotions, like let's just say, for instance, Steve says, okay, guys, we're running every third Saturday. Maybe two or three of them can do it. You know what I'm saying? But And, and have like That's a council saying, and say, uh, hey. Cut the, cut the uh, thing as lean as you can. Use the best talent of the three. Uh, and, uh, right. You know, it costs just as much to transport uh, six top guys in a car as it does uh, five or six bums, you know. And uh, yeah, you know, well, I, 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 whenever. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, 
but that was my that was my that was my point to the whole thing. Sometimes you know, um, you know about, about yeah, just the promotion. And you know what drawing. I like? I like. Oh, go ahead. I'm saying instead of drawing was, uh, 200 people this night, that mm-hmm. night, and another night, draw like a thousand all at once. You know, pay the rent once and pay the talent of uh, course. once. And, and you know, like it sounds like you're kind of doing that with that stack card mm-hmm. you were talking about earlier. Uh, well, know, I was gonna was, say, uh, Steve, tell it. I was, I was gonna actually, I gotta, I gotta tell Steve to tell you this. Tell Smith about about um, you know, the fans are gonna see different talent. You're not gonna see the same talent. He's doing a really good thing about that. Well, yeah, I figure if you're you're gonna pay to see like these name level talent, like a Paul London, but then you start seeing them every month, it's not special. So then you bring in somebody else, the next show kind of deal. I don't know if that's the right um, method or not, but. We have our core well, group depends. of local uh, stars. You know, the guys on the bottom are the ones that, uh, you know, it's, it depends on, like, it's, you know, we ran every week. So, uh, you know, mm. it's like four or five main towns every week, and then the rest of the time uh, we didn't actually wrestle on Sundays, but occasionally we'd have a substitute, and, you know, you'd have Saturday off and not Sunday, or once in a while we'd wrestle not only once on Sunday, but the odd time twice on the same Sunday. But basically, it was six days a week uh, wrestling. And, um, wow. You know, we, so we'd, uh, you know, the guys would come in with the understanding that they're going to be here for a while. It didn't matter if they were opening jabroni on the card or a uh, full-fledged uh, established main eventer. Uh, you're, you're here for a while, like... Uh, and occasionally guys would be coming here to pass through to go somewhere else. You know, they got to mm-hmm. come here and hit uh, Calgary and then Vancouver and then off to uh, Japan or Australia or something. But, you know, they'd stop in on the way each time, you know, and, uh, you know, leave some kind of controversy so that when they return from the Orient or uh, Australia or Asia, they'd be uh, remembered and they'd have an issue to pick at uh, on the return. And, right. uh, otherwise, though, everybody was pretty much uh, here for at least, say, six months. You know, you, who wants to haul ass out of here in a car in the middle of winter, you know, with not much point. Wait till uh, school's out in June or something and then drag your family back to Memphis or whatever, you know what I mean? So uh, right. that's how it was uh, here in Calgary. And, mm-hmm. um, hmm. You know, the... Uh, Whatever, anything, anything that's drawing money, you want to keep it, you know. And if there's some guy who's stale and can't be re- revived, and he's not local, so he's not going to just, uh, you know, he's he's going to need, you know, an income. You want to get rid of him, you know. He might want to stick around, but uh, basically, right. you got no use for him. So you give him this notice. That was the beauty. It was an old wrestler, Wild Red Berry, and uh, he said that wrestling was Lily White. And even when I first heard that, uh, I heard that from Dick Steinborn, a guy that I sort of love and hate at the same time. I don't really hate him, but I think he hates me. But uh, I, I admired him. Brett and I both admired him as a as a booker and an, an experienced second-generation wrestler. His father was one of the claimants, the world's strongest man, Milo Steinborn, back in the New York. He wrestled for uh, Tootsmont and all that, and, he was uh, hmm. very much unlike his uh, son, Dick. But anyway, uh, <laughs> getting back to the topic. <laughs> name dropping. My goodness. Uh, Smith is a name dropper. 
See, I don't have to yeah. drop names like, you know, like Magic or Steve Wolf. No, I'm a big name dropper my, my, myself. I'm always dropping names. Hey, you know hey, what name I that. did drop? Right. Hey, I gotta drop. I gotta what? drop a name. You know what's funny? Which Last one? week we had Mr. Grimm. We had Mr. Grimm on, mm-hmm. and Smith is actually going to get to see Mr. Uh, yeah, he's going to actually get to see Mr. Grimm wrestle because he's going to be wrestling in his uh, his backyard. Yeah, oh, he's on cool. a Canadian tour starting in uh, Dauphin, Manitoba, and then he uh, finishes up here in Alberta. So he's going to be at least uh, in Calgary on the 21st of uh, January. I'll see him here. And, uh, you know, he's, he might be a couple more days in Canada, and then he's back to uh, the East Coast. But uh, I, I saw some matches of him in the meantime, and he looked pretty good for a guy at cool. 260 pounds. He looks very... Uh, Mm. Athletic and solid. Yeah, I was impressed. Uh, Steve, do you have a uh, you have a, uh, a uh, YouTube that Smith can uh, can watch your stuff? Uh, I gotta upload some new stuff, but yes, yes, I do. It's uh, YouTube.com/slash/SteveOff. Let me write that down. Cool. Yep. No problem. Take your time, uh, Smith. Well, you know, while Smith's writing it down, man, I just gotta, I just gotta, I gotta tell everybody at home, you are listening to the Heart Grapevine number twenty-seven right here on Totally Driven Radio Entertainment Network. Get driven, stay driven. Dad, Steve, off. Give me that uh, that uh, website again. Sure, it's uh, YouTube.com slash Steve off. Steve off. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, get, and plug your website. I mean, plug your uh, plug by all means. Plug Pro Wrestling Magic, bro, too. You know, you so he could check out the, you know. Man, screw those guys. No, I'm just kidding. The WrestlingIsMagic.com <laughs> Pro Wrestling Magic website. Oh yeah. And you could also find us on Facebook for Wrestling Magic and at Wrestling Magic on Twitter and at Pro Wrestling Magic on Instagram. I forget what I was uh, trying to say when I brought up Dick Steinborn's name. I was trying to make a point that I thought was uh, oh, sorry. Um, valid to the show, but I, I can't think of it. I don't know if you guys can pick up the sense. But well, that was my uh, that was my could. fault because I interrupted you because I because you were dropping names and stuff. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I I think we could go on. I think we could we could go on with the. Uh, I could I could pick up the ball if you want to go on with the show. Uh, no, I was just well, going to yeah. say. Uh, I don't even know where we were going. Actually, we're probably going to be going home soon, uh, you know. And for all the wrestling oh, guys out there, you, you we're didn't really be going home. Actually, I got the, uh, your. Uh, you didn't finish yeah. giving me the rundown of your dates coming up. Uh, we stopped on one, and I don't think there's. Oh, we finished. You have you more dates, come. Steve. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. Yeah, the uh, the it's pretty simple. The first Friday of every month, I wrestle for D2W in Wharton, New Jersey. And then the third Saturday monthly, Pro Wrestling Magic is in Richfield Park. And then past that, it varies depending who's running, who's not. There's like four or five other companies I constantly work for, but they're like, you know, they only run every two or three months here and there. So it's tough trying to find mm-hmm. constant work, but, you know, at least good constant work. But there's also ETWE, uh, CZW's Dojo Wars, BWO. Mm-hmm just to name a few. Those are the main three besides Magic and D2W. Oh. So I strongly urge everyone to check out all five of those promotions as soon as you can. Yeah, especially CZW. 
CZW, uh, which is which is yeah, owned and operated by a good friend of ours. Uh, he's been on my show. I actually have to get him on your show, Smith. You'd probably love to talk to him. His name is DJ Hyde. Oh, DJ is yeah. awesome. You probably heard of him too. Wars sure. brand itself is is just growing huge. It's a completely different animal, you know. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. CZW main shows, and then you have Dojo Wars, which is supposed to be like their minor league, but it's like kind of like a smaller NXT. It's starting to get its own little fan base and following. And you know, I've I've heard they're getting a lot of requests for more footage of Dojo Wars, which is awesome. Hopefully, I get some more work. And also, <laughs> and, and also, I gotta tell Smith too. You know how much it costs to get in there to watch Dojo Wars as a fan. If you're gonna drive out there, Smith, guess how much it costs? Ten bucks. Close, five bucks. Oh yeah, that's a good deal. You can't beat that. I think no, if you know that's right, you know, and uh, without shitting on the wrestlers, I don't say like. Uh, and I'd Steve, you wrestle right in preachers. It was Preacher's retirement match, right? You wrestled on that card? I unfortunately did not get the honor of his retirement match, but yes, I was on the same card. Oh. Good card. Really good card. Yeah, I've seen that on YouTube. Preacher, I love that match preacher, between him and like, uh, Is he actually a preacher, like a fire and brimstone preacher? Or, uh, oh, no, no. Uh, blasphemy. No. <laughs> I, I, I don't think we have all the time in the world to to explain what what uh what preacher what preacher is. I will say this Why though, you don't want to mess with you don't want to mess with him. I, I've seen him in I've seen him in bull rope matches against Dan, Dan Murdoch. I've seen him all over the place. You don't want to tussle with him. I've seen him in matches with Steve Wolf actually. Uh, I've seen oh, him in, in I've seen him dive off of I I've seen him dive off of a cage. I was there live for that. That was fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was you know, that was even up, that, uh, that was wonderful night, by the way. I'm surprised yeah, there good. hasn't been a Father Nelson in wrestling. You know, like that with a really good <laughs> uh, Paul Nelson. You know, with the leg scissors on as well. Like <laughs> jump right up on your back. Father Nelson. It's the Paul Nelson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That would be funny. That would be funny. Oh, yeah. we're gonna now. Nah, you know what? I guess if if he gets that Smith, you're gonna be getting something uh something in the mail. It could be the special Maybe a pro wrestling magic T-shirt. Yeah, I'm the I'm the one referee out of all the others that discovers that he's not wearing anything under his smock, and I disqualify him. Maybe even have him <laughs> oh, all right, I, again. I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to he hear about this young stuff. George Drake, a teenager, a young boy that just oh, wanting his first goodness. What the? <laughs> that's crazy. That no, that is that is something though. That that some money, crazy, though. some good ideas. He does. That, uh, he does. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Steve, that's it. For, I was going to say, is that it for for you? Did you plug everything, buddy? As far as your dates? Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm working on getting some more dates going, but that's all I have. Solid, yeah. solid in stone. So. Well, that's cool because I I'm 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 set for that match. I cannot I cannot wait. I'm I'm definitely uh down for it. Hey, one funny quick little story for Steve Smith. I just mm-hmm. want to tell him before before I I before I started the show tonight. I haven't watched Monday Night Raw because I've been taking care of my father, who Smith knows. Uh, actually, Smith talked to my mom tonight, which was which was really nice. But anyway, my father's been suffering from strokes, and we're trying to to settle that down. So I haven't watched Monday Night Raw. So I'm 17 uh, minutes in, and I paused it mm-hmm. to do the show. 
in the background, which is ironic, you have Mick Foley, Stephanie McMahon, okay? I see Deanna mm-hmm. Parazu and Keikoa. Small world. How how Keikoa, the guy that the guy that Magic and I and all the ex clan members how to beat that guy down, how to teach him a lesson. Magic broke his neck. Mm -hmm. And you know what's funny? Mr. Grimm ironically brought that up because one day I had Mr. Grimm on the show and he said, hey, Mike, you know, you guys could have paid me the money. I would have put him in a body bag for you. You know what I was saying last week on the show? (laughs) I'm glad that that didn't happen because Magic didn't need nobody. You know, Magic didn't, uh, you know, Magic didn't need it. And by the way, in case everybody's wondering, Magic won that match clean. I was there that night. It was a great night, yep. except for Keiko broke his neck. But other other than that, but just seeing all these guys, these ta- this talent that I know, it's amazing. Look at Leo Rush. That kid is amazing. Yeah, very talented, very great. Yeah, you awesome know, athlete. and I told Smith, I spoke to Leo, and I and I uh, and I hope uh, Leo's able to come on the show. I mean, the kid's very talented. They're going all over the place. They're they're doing different things. He's doing great stuff, and I'm and I'm proud of I'm proud of everybody. I'm proud of everybody in the industry that bust their ass and they want to make it somewhere. Because you know what, you guys deserve it. Is that correct, Smith? Um, it's not everybody deserves uh, too much. I mean, the ones that bust their ass, do. I said. Well, right, the ones, the ones that, that bust their ass have have uh, you know the assets. If you're six foot five or bigger, 300 pounds or bigger, and look good—not just uh, big and sloppy, but you look like you're an athlete—that's a big direct advantage. And if you're young, uh, another plus. Apart from that, you know, uh, you're, you're the, the littler guys are going to have to work harder. They're going to have to fly, or they're going to have to, you know, have a partner that uh, makes up for their size. Maybe, uh, you know, that's happened in the past for one little guy. Like the mm-hmm. Bashans and the Ladukes had one little guy and one big guy. Well, in the Bashans' case, the little guy was a killer, uh, Mad Dog Bashan, <laughs> whereas Paul was kind of a gentleman. But uh, and yeah. the Ladukes, too, uh, Paul Laduke was much yeah. smaller. But yeah. they made money mm-hmm. fighting each other. They're both so similar. Both had the lumberjack gimmicks, big and, big and small partner against mm-hmm. another big and small. The older mm-hmm. guys were the baby faces. These were like the incumbent... Mm-hmm. Uh, newcomers that are stepping on their turf and they sold out all over Quebec, uh, everywhere they went, even New York and the uh, border states and mm. right into New York City. They made a lot of money because yeah. you and I, we just talked to uh, Carl LaDuke and his father Paul right. the other day. So, uh, yeah. and we also talked to uh, Paul Vachon, didn't we? One of our first stories. Yes, we uh, did. Stories. Yeah, we, we, uh, yeah. Yeah, we spoke to both. I got, I was lucky. I got to speak to uh, we talked about the Vachans and we talked about the uh, the other ones that I just I just blanked out for a second. But anyway, the yeah. Ladukes, yeah, the Ladukes. But uh, and Joe LaDuke, was Joe LaDuke was the one that was in uh, the movie No Holds Bar, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. But uh, you know, and yeah. and for people that are wondering, you know, just YouTube all this stuff. Every time Smith throws out a name at me. That's what I do. I I Google it, or you know, and it's uh, and it's definitely uh, a lot of fun. Definitely a lot of fun with the Heartgrave line tonight, number twenty-seven. Smith, you're close to thirty, my friend. You're making it to thirty. 
Mr. Steve Off, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart and, and, and you know, uh, for coming on the show with us tonight and giving some time for Smith. Man, you know, I, Smith, I can't yeah, thank you guys so, enough for having yeah. me. I just, I got to say, Smith's show is a lot more entertaining than yours, Mike, but your show is pretty good, too. <laughs> so anytime either one of you wants to be back on, by all means, I'm always willing. You sound like a very modest well, gee, gentleman, Steve. Uh, good luck thank in you, your uh, wrestling. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, mm. uh, you can only do so much, you know. Like, uh, But if you always do your best, uh, you can always be proud of yourself. You know, sometimes Absolutely. you're working for guys that don't deserve you. And, uh, you know, but what the hell, it's, uh, there's always some good in it. You know, there's, to me, uh, every cloud, uh, every black cloud, potentially has a silver lining, you've got to kind of uh, find it and, and make use of it, not just know that mm-hmm. there's a potentially a silver lining there, or that there definitely is if you uh, look mm-hmm. to see for it, you know, but you've got to take advantage of it then, that's the second step, make the most of Absolutely. your uh, opportunities. So I hope, uh, I would love to meet you in person sometime, I'm planning on going back oh, down east for a while, but my my cancer it just knocked me on my ass literally uh, yeah. uh, I Keep see one doctor you tomorrow do. yeah I appreciate the fans uh, prayers and this and that I've heard a lot of mm-hmm. people even making state you know, prayers uh, like we mentioned earlier uh, Bobby Fulton said a prayer for me right on the show and, uh, yep. I we, yeah, uh, I was lucky. I was lucky somehow a, a, a promoter from Ohio came on my show, Steve, and he goes, do you want me to get Bobby Fulton on the line? I said, sure. And then I was like, you know what, I'm talking to Bobby Fulton. I might as well have Bobby on, you know, a Smith show. He came on the show. He did a prayer right here. And by the way, for everybody wondering, by the way, about that, you want to you wanna hear all of the Heart Grapevine um, shows all you have to do, folks, is just go to the Blog Talk Radio and and type in um, Totally Driven Radio Entertainment Network, or we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spreaker, uh, and of course, uh, and of course, you could always um, visit uh, our website, and uh, you know that'll take care of it. TotallyDrivenTV.com. Like I said, so you want to hear all these great interviews? And we did more. We had one with Del Wilkes. You had one with Abdullah the uh, the Butcher. Um, you had your very first show with um, who we thought was uh, Steve Austin. It turned out to be, uh, I'm drawing a blank, help me. Jason Sensation. Jay, there you go. <laughs> Jason, thank you. Jason, sen- Jason, yeah, j- hell of a guy. Great, great, uh, great imitate. Great guy. They talked about him, him imitation, imitating Owen and uh, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And uh, him and Owen became good friends, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, also, Jinder Mahal was on the uh, the show. Uh, yeah. Santino, Santino was on the show too. Morella. Yeah. Uh and and uh you know, and some old uh some old friends of Smith's oh, you know who we had to uh we had your your good buddy, my good buddy, the reinforcer, Andrew Anderson was on the show. Oh. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Every time I used to see Steve come into Staten Island, uh what do you call Andrew would say, Oh, we picked up a stray. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh <Right>. man. <laughs> Good, good, 
good, uh, no, nah, good, good, uh, but, but I got to tell you, though, I, I know I'm not that entertaining, Steve. Thanks a lot, buddy. But anyway, you can be. I, I, I enjoy, I know, right? I can be sometimes, no. No, Smith, uh, Smith's, Smith's show is, uh, is great. I'm glad you were a part of it tonight, and I want to thank you again, yeah, buddy. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know what? We'll definitely have you back on the show. Smith, what do you think one day we'll get him, uh, we'll get him back? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'd love to. Uh, I think when you touch, uh, take planting seeds now, and then you know, a year from now, you tell me uh, you wrestled in front of 5,000 people, wherever the hell it was. Uh, that's Shit, a big, I hope. Uh, improvement. <laughs> yeah, or you got you got uh, some major bookings, and you got to go to Africa for you know six weeks or something, or make some decent mm-hmm. money Africa. somewhere. It's always yeah. Ask any uh, Andrew Anderson will tell you about that. Yeah, man. <laughs> what happened? Oh, Mike's not entertaining. What do you think, Smith? <laughs> well, really? Just, I uh, mean, this is bullshit. <laughs> I I do a lot for you guys, and that's what I get. Now, actually, we're off the air. We're off the air. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, we're off. <laughs> we're there's no more air. We're done. I put everybody on hold. <laughs> Another prank. I got Steve good with that, though, one day when he called my show. He was like, I just started uh, fooling around. But, yeah, man, uh, again, thanks for coming on his show. And, uh, Smith, uh, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Smith? Look at that. 